podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 393rd edition of the Boxing Asylum Lutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings. Joining me on the call, we have rapping Bob Kelly, Ozzy Smith, Andy Patterson. Adam Smido-Smith was knocking about at some point. He seems to have just fallen off at the moment. Are we going live, says Tosh Bear. We're live right now. Just checking in with you, Andy. I have the Sky feed in the background. Joshua Barazzi against Marco Kalic. Are you hearing me okay, yeah? Yeah, we're here. you fine, mate. Um, didn't, know, didn't know you were actually going to pollute your eyesight with this stuff tonight, but uh, we'll do our best to be impartial, you know. Absolutely. 8pm on YouTube, everybody, Sunday evening. If you are joining us live, welcome in the chat. Tosh is there, Eggy Phil, Alan, Paver, a few of the other boys. Just the 1,600 at the moment. Obviously, they have their eyes on Milton Keynes and Eddie. We will be dipping into that during the night. Excuse me. (laughs) Even Edward, how are we doing? Eddie. Eddie could be listening to us. Andy's got nothing better to do, has he, sitting at home? No, I mean, he's just sitting there thinking temperature and stuff like that, isn't he? So, hi, Eddie. Even Ed. Evening indeed. One person who can't talk is Jason Chukwu. He's doing a shift, unfortunately. No Jason Chukwu action tonight as we speak. Just going to say there, join us during the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual places. No Amazon Podcasts, though. Uh, we uh, Leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you can. I've had a few. I'll try and read them out at some point. If not this week, maybe next week. Before we get stuck into the fight of the weekend, Ozzy, it's a paid against Baranchik. What's going on over in uh, Milton Keynes' bubble at the moment? We've seen Linus Adofia knocking out John Harding. I believe a chap called Hedges is coming out right now. What's the latest? Yeah, they're j- just about to get started. Um, Hedges is making his debut um, against, I, I don't even know, I think it's Lavrum, Croatia or something. Um, highly rated this Hedges. I, I don't know a lot about him myself. Um, got exposure for him, isn't it, fighting at this time? Uh, he was a big amateur standout, so we'll, we'll wait and see um, what he can do. Big lad, six foot five, super middleweight. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Udolfia boxed well. He, he looked really good. A big breakout fight for him. This, I think, it might be the first time or the second that he's actually boxed on TV. Uh, Steve Goodwin managed um, decent enough fight to be fair for the English title. I thought Harding Junior looked pretty solid. Uh, decent jab. Uh, and landed some decent shots on the inside. But I thought Udolfia grew into the fight. Um, look, looked at a, it looked at ease at times, uh, boxed at his own pace and took him out with a big shot. That probably would have knocked quite a few people out. Uh, Harding Jr. just didn't see it coming. Um, it was short, sweet. Some people moaning about the stoppage. Um, I thought it was quite fair, to be honest. Um, I didn't see him seeing the final bell and Harding Jr. will live to fight another day. It can only take, you know, those extra, you know, a few punches or another round where he takes another beating and it just takes a bit too much off you. So, yeah, fair stoppage, good win for Adolphia. Would like to see him step up now. Um, I, think, I think they were talking about Marcus Morrison. Uh, there's lads like Mark Heffron available. Loads of fights at that middleweight division. Uh, super middleweight division across the two. So let's uh, let's wait and see where he goes. But fingers crossed we get to see more of him again. Yep, should, looking forward to seeing more of him in the future. Andy, I know that we want to get stuck into Zapayda against Baranchik. That was the fight, fight of the weekend, fight of the year, fight of the ages, I think. Uh, reminiscent of Kirkland Angulo. It was on another level, that one. Before we get stuck into that, though, anything from this matchroom card you want to mention, Andy? Um, I'm sorry to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just stuck it on there, mate. So I've not really kind of followed what's been happening, but um, well, you know I'm a fan of Boatsy and stuff. But um, 
obviously we want to see better opposition, so I will we will check in and see how it goes and stuff. But um, not really much else, really. I mean, I do sort of Chantal Cameron will probably show us what she's about as well. I know I like her style of fighting. She works the body, uh, tries to kind of take the opponents out and stuff. Um, really, that's all the really is to kind of report for me, actually, on that card. Um, yeah, I mean... That's what it is, I suppose. You know, Sunday night for boxing, you know, I'd rather be doing something else, which, is, which I'm already doing anyway, you know. Absolutely. Love a bit of Sunday night boxing there. Smido appearing on the camera. Let's get into the fight then over in the bubble, Andy. Las Vegas, Jose Zapeda. I, th- I actually thought Zapeda would win, to be fair. I, I expected him to maybe have the better boxing skills, neutralise the uh, Baranchik's. Uh, he's not a big power puncher, Baranchik. He tends to overwhelm you. He's physically strong. I thought Zapeda would be able to have enough to just uh, nip in on the cards. Tell you what, what, what transpired, Andy, was absolutely crazy. One of the best fights I've seen in a long time. Looking at, I've lost track of who went down and how many times they went down. Uh-huh. Uh, Boxwick has Zapeda down twice in round one and once again in round two and five. Baranchik down once in round two, three, four and five. Baranchik looked in a bit of a bad way at the end of the fight. I'm tentatively saying that he's okay, but talk about what happened inside the ring. I mean, what a fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just, just, just savage, man. I mean, obviously, I woke up this morning, checked the results and stuff, and you're like, wow, what's going on? And the Aussies woke everybody up on the chat. I said, guys, what's this fight all about? Absolute uh, carnage, man. I mean, it's a, it's a career-defining fight, but also a career-destroying one at the same time. I, I, I personally don't think Brancic will ever, ever potentially fight again, maybe even be the same fighter again, actually, um, even if he wants to fight. I mean, when, when he got knocked down the first time, I think he's... To that point, on his legs were gone and were never sawed under him and stuff. And that's him even managing to knock Sapeda down a few times afterwards. Um, it was just savage, man. I just it's insane. There was also, I think there could have been a fifth one. I think there was one knockdown, didn't get called actually. It might have been round two. Um, Branchik had his back turned to Zapeda and Zapeda kind of yeah. caught my left hand, I think it was, and it wasn't called. It'd be a bit kind of similar to Crawford against Khan actually, but that one was actually called. Um, but yeah, I mean, what can you say about it? I've watched it twice. Um, good luck trying to score it. I mean, Jesus, suffer. I mean, what can you say? It's just really. You know, at the time, we, we really thought it was it was going to be a decent fight. You know, I get got delayed because injury and stuff, and obviously the the lockdown that was really, you know, put the kibosh on it. It says we're a little looking forward to it, but um, we did. Nobody was going to expect that was going to transpire. And that that's just that's just Nick. That's just like a throwback fight way back to the days. You know, who wanted it most? Uh, just kind of dug in. Uh, fair play to Zapay there because, you know, he had his chance at, uh, at a world title against Flanagan and it was a freak injury, absolute freak injury. It's, it's kind of like robbed him his, his, his chance of kind of winning a world title and he's had to go to the depths of despair last night to try and get himself back uh, back into another title fight. Uh, obviously, he's got the Ramirez, a close, close loss and stuff, but um, he's, he's, <laughs> he's had to walk the gauntlet and he's, he's come through it, but... Um, as for the knockout itself, I mean, my son actually, like one year old, standing there in front of the telly for like a good minute and a half, just watching Branchett lying there. Probably couldn't have breathed. I mean, I thought the handling, I mean, I'm not a doctor, obviously, in that, but um, I think uh, the way they handled him lying down there like that was pretty shocking. I mean, the gum mm-hmm. should have been taken out of his mouth straight away, even if you got to prize it out. And then, where's the oxygen mask? You know, has he got to pay for that? Is it, a wee bit, is it an additional cost? I don't know, but that, that, that to me was criminal handling his personal uh, personal welfare and that obviously he's went to the hospital and stuff but um I think Lou Debella or Chris Mannick says he's he's still in there and hopefully will be released tonight. But um yeah it was uh, I want to say it was probably the right to it was the right thing to happen for Branch it was to get knocked out cold like that because if that fight went the distance and stuff you just you just wonder what kind of damage could have really been done in the end. 
um, if these guys kept trading, you know, because Brancic was just just heaving forward, winging shots and stuff. But see if you look at the, the actual knockout punch and stuff, there's some shot for Cepeda because if you actually look at his feet, his back leg, I think he's a south body, so his back leg actually, his left leg actually popped off the canvas as he's like pivoting on his lead foot as he brings the left hand across. Beautiful shot, by the way, but um, just hope Brancic's okay. You know, I've seen him, seen him live against Taylor and he was he was all action, balls to the wall and stuff and it was the same again last night and it's in a way it's, it's actually cost him as well because it was just chilling. Absolutely fantastic. And we shout out to Tim Bradley and uh, Bernardo Asuna as well, who were going absolutely <laughs> and then I think when they realized pretty quick that you know this guy's this guy's not moving, you know, they're like, like okay, we better basically calm down and, and Bradley goes on morose and really kind of like emotional and stuff. So never miss an opportunity for a narrative. So yeah, it was it was unbelievable, unbelievable fight. You know, it's it's probably fight of the year. Pick any round out of there for round of the year, and it's knockout of the year as well. Yeah. Okay, I, you probably say Pavetkin's against White is definitely the front runner because of, you know it's a bigger stage than that. But that that was also a, a career defining knockout as well for Cepeda, uh, probably a career saver as well for in terms of world, world title fights and stuff. Same for Pavetkin, obviously as well. But what a knockout! Yeah, let's see what Zapeda has left, I suppose, whenever he steps back into world title level. Dave Tricks, um, a storm of thunder a bit here, Smido. Zapeda hands just too fast with the straighter shots. Baranchik swinging wild hooks and occasionally landing them bombs. This is exactly what I was going to say to you, pretty much. You're our resident tactician. I like the way that Baranchik was coming in with these big wild overhand swings and Zapeda very quickly realised if he could get underneath him and land the shorter, sharper shots, he would have a lot of success. I know he was obviously not... Knocked down a few times, but he sort of worked it out strategically, Smither. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's got to be big credit to Zepeda, really, for, you know, in the midst of an absolute whirlwind to, to, to work that out. As you say, Stephen, he was, he was like, he was slipping shots. One of the knockdowns, he threw like three left hooks in a row. Uh, a couple of them landed and, and you know, down he went. I mean, he does take, does need a lot of credit for, for you know, trying to stay calm within the eye of the storm. He's older than I was expecting to pay. I've got his box record here for 31. Um, obviously, we knew him kind of from Flanagan, where I think he got that um, dislocated shoulder injury or something like that. And obviously, he's been boring away since then. But even as a casual, last week when I saw this fight listed, even I thought, well, that could be that could be entertaining. You know, with Zapeda's knockout record, Baranchic, I didn't know a lot about him other than the Taylor fight last year, which I thought was really good. Um, or was it the year before? Um so, yeah, I mean, a couple of the Zepeda knockdowns, what he scored, he was almost like, there was almost cupping shots or, in the, or, or you know, almost on the wrist, a, a, a couple of them, because Baranchic was that close or, or you know, burrowing in that, you know, intensively that there was almost like, put you know, a bit of a push inside of the glove thing. But, I mean, there's absolutely no argument with the last punch of the fight. But imagine if someone said to you, right, there's going to be a, a fight, a pretty decent, you know, fight this weekend, the 10-rounder where the, the fella is going to receive his fourth eight count of the fight and within seven seconds of receiving his fourth eight count of the fight, he's going to score a knockout of the year or a knockout of the year content. It's just nuts. It was it was just nuts. Lost complete, you know, disregard for, for the scorecards or who scored and, you know, what knockdown. I think that Andy said, you know, and he's right, there was a knockdown that didn't even get counted. So we could have been up to nine knockdowns in four and a half rounds. Uh, it was just it was just absolutely mental. Um, Tim Bradley was just losing his shit. He was he was laughing. He was doing a bit of a, an American version of a Frank Bruno laugh. He did dog noises at one point. Um, he said 
um, call your family right now and tell them there's a fight breaking out on ESPN Plus. It was cla- he was on fire, he was having the time of his life. Old Bradley, out of, out, you know, and that, that there was there was like bouncing off each other. Dead good them too, but yeah, just absolutely nuts. I sent it. I sent it to, to a few people today or this morning. You know, who, don't, who wouldn't necessarily be watching a fight of, of you know across the water a ten rounder. You know, this weekend, but you know, it's it's just one of them that's you know, it's kind of you've you, you've just got to just got to watch. The only concerning thing was, um, and they call it on the commentary after the fight, man. I know, like, um, apparently Varanchic is in hospital now and that, but that was kind of worrying. You know, the the gum shield was in for you know two minutes after you know two or three minutes longer than it should be. Probably needed oxygen and that. It was you know, even the commentators were like calling it, and then the lead com said. Oh, you know the, the Nevada State's the best in the business. They'll be here in a minute, and it was just it was just strange and worrying. And to be honest, shouldn't be happening in twenty twenty boxing. To be fair. Thanks very much, Adam. We will return to this fight very shortly. Before we do so, delighted to welcome our first and only guest of the weekend on the call. It's Kyle Williams. How are you, Kyle? Not too bad. Thank you for thank you for having me on. No problem at all. We're just talking about that Zapeda Baranchik fight. What a hell of a fight! I don't suppose you managed to catch it over the weekend. I haven't, no, I haven't, not, not yet. Yeah, it's well worth a look out whenever it comes up on YouTube, but don't worry too much about that. Let's get stuck straight into your career, Kyle. Obviously, people will know they saw you last week or a week before, whenever it was on BT Sport, fighting against Charlie Edwards. It didn't go your way, but you seem to have a good evening anyway and enjoy yourself in there, primetime BT Sport. Yeah, that, that's what it was about. Listen, I've been out the ring for about 10, 10 11 months, and, and I wasn't sure if I was going to continue with the sport. I focused on my own. Uh, my own business, which I, I coach the kids, and I'm bringing for a, a very successful amateur amateur group. Uh, and so I wasn't sure if I was going to continue boxing as well, but the opportunity came around, and I said, "Look, I'm going to go in there and enjoy myself. There, there was no pressure for me to perform and or me to do um, massive things in that fight. But I felt like I came out of that fight with with um, some good credentials uh, and, and I put on a good performance. So you're never happy to lose." Never have to lose, but, um, you know, uh, a good performance, that being said. No, well said. You definitely came out of it with great credit. One thing I will say, Bob Williams had it 99-91. That scoring was a bit too wide for me. Yeah, 100%. I felt like you said at the end, like, listen, I thought I know it was under beat, and I did feel like Charlie Edwards had nicked uh, some of the rounds, um, some of the rounds, he, he nicked rounds that was going my way, and then he, he stole them at the, the last second, or he'd done enough work in the early early part of the round to, to secure the rounds. But ninety one was was a joke. I, I, I felt like I at least won four or five of the rounds, and I had him hurt three times at least. So uh, when the when the scorecard came out, I was a little bit disappointed. But you know, you should never leave it to a, a referee's scorecard anyway. Yeah, obviously he would have learnt a lot in there. He's fought and won at a very high level. Do you think he had that little extra touch? Obviously that touch of experience, like you said, he was sort of nicking rounds off you, and that you know you'll you'll be all the better for that experience. I, I think it was preparation. If I'm honest, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel I was outclassing there. No, um, I, I felt it was preparation. I, I wasn't fit enough. I was I was backing him up at times, and I just didn't have the uh, the gas tank to to get to get him out of there. I do believe I, I, I had a. A few more weeks, three, four more weeks, I would have got him out of there. He'll probably say different, but was fight as well. But um, you know, it was a great. It's mad because I'm learning at the highest level, so that's that, that can only hold me in good stead. Yeah, a lot of good feedback for you, especially in the chat as well. What about Frank Warren? Maybe getting you back on another card? 
Well, that's probably pushing for you. It's hard, it's hard with these promotions because they're focused on their fighters and 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 things like this, like coming on this podcast and and having the interviews that you do can grow your your, your reputation and your credibility as such. And I'm hoping that Frank Warren has me back, and I felt like I gave a good account of myself for him to to give me another chance. But again, as I said, these promoters focus usually just on their own their, their own boxes and, and don't tend to to give opponents as I was Charlie's opponents many chances so you have to keep forcing that hand and, and take the opportunities when they're when, when they're shown to you yeah one name that was mentioned I'm not familiar with this guy myself so correct me if I'm wrong there's someone maybe put you in the same mix as Andrew Kane a guy from Liverpool yeah I, I'm not too I'm not too sure on him I, I'm not sure if he's only just recently turned over or or what, but listen, I'm not, listen, I'll fight anyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's been shown on my record, my, my three losses are to... Oh, we lost him. Three losses, that's four losses, I think. He's just cut off. Let me see if I'm getting back on again. I'll be on the box right now. Hello. I think we lost you a second there, Kyle. Carry on, sir. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, so my three losses have come to, to Beluta, who won the European title at a higher weight uh, on the night. Uh, Cash Farouk, who I believe is one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country, uh, and Charlie Edwards, who's a former world champion. So it shows that I'll, I'll mix it with, with with the best, and I, I won't hide from anyone. So if that that is someone that I get an opportunity to face, then then perfect. As long as all all the things are right uh, logistically, then listen, I'll take any fight that comes my way. Yeah, you mentioned there the one guy you fought, Ionot Baluta. You lost to him on a split decision. He came in a lot heavier than you, and he's since gone on to beat uh, TJ Dehaney and obviously David Oliver Joyce. He stopped him recently. So, I mean, yeah. you know, tell us about Baluta. Listen, Baluta is a very strong punch. You saw that in his last fight. He's taken out a kid that was, was a lot bigger than what I am. And he put me down in the first round, me being a little bit overzealous and uh, trying to push the fight. So, so I watched that out court with a, a silly shot, but I regrouped. Re- re- I, uh, I had him winning probably the next three or four rounds, but then we, we had him we had him on his on his bike and, and, and he was spitting out his gum shield and he lost two points for that. And it, it, was, it was a very tight fight. And really, many, many believe I won that fight. But to this day, people are still saying I won that fight. So, you know, that loss... I don't really take it too much to my heart. Um, I, it wasn't my best performance, but it was a performance that showed that I can, again, mix at the highest level. Absolutely. Uh, just to remind our listeners, Kyle Williams is on the call. You might have seen him in action against Charlie Edwards recently. Over on Twitter, at 92KAW. Any other social media presence, Kyle? Um, no, not really. I'm not too much on social media, to be honest. Uh, but Twitter's okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still with Errol Johnson, shout out to BCB Promotions and all the stuff they've done for you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I'm actually sat in front of the TV now, ready to watch one of my stable mates, Kane Baker, who's uh, boxing actually for years yeah. uh, on the match room card now. Uh, he's, a, he's about to win the ring. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of the sport and um, I support, support all the boys in the stable. So, you know, Errol Johnson. Uh, Paul Mann, the head trainer, and, and, and Dan, Dan Moll, who's like the CEO of PZ Promotions, they push all our fighters and they, and they, they try and give us the best op- opportunities possible. So, um, you know, they're, they're a phenomenal team and I will not want to be with anyone else. 
Yeah, you're from Wolverhampton, obviously, Coyle. Do you think you're one of the torchbearers of Wolverhampton boxing, sort of leading the way? Um, listen, there's some, there's, some great, there's some great lads from Wolverhampton. I mean, Ben Whitaker is in the, uh, in the Olympic team. Uh, I'm sure he'll go on to do great things for Wolverhampton. At the moment, I'm flying the flag well. I'll come out to the song. Listen, I'm glad to fight from Wolverhampton. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a standout uh, flag bearer for them because there's, there's, there's a lot of talented people within within the city and hopefully they get their chance as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just on the Wolverhampton theme, I remember Nigel Rafferty was the big celebrity boxer back in the day. You ever spoken to Nigel? Yeah, no, 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 Nigel's a public figure around, around the town. He's always on the doors and he, obviously he knows he's boxing so he, he recognises my face. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to see that these people have still got their credibility and their, their, their uh, they've still got the admiration of, of people within the, the local community. That means he did something right in his career. Um, and that's something that I, I hope that one, once my career's over, I still have. Yeah, well said. Last couple of questions for you, Kyle. Tell us about your kickboxing back in the day. Yeah, so I, I won the world title at the age of 21, very young age, won a professional world title. Uh, I boxed, you know, all, uh, a fair few places within Europe. Um in France and Germany and stuff like that. So I've, I've got a good pedigree on that. I teach it every day. Yeah. Uh, and it's still a massive, a massive thing for me. Kickboxing was very good to me. gave me a very good base. Um, and then in our moment to go into, into professional boxing and fight on a higher, a higher platform, kickboxing doesn't get the, the same credentials as boxing. Uh, because of just the, the the media and stuff like that, but what a phenomenal sport! And it, it, if I had a child right now, I would put them into kickboxing first and then take them into boxing. Um, and I, I still believe by that. Uh, so kickboxing held me in very good stead. Uh, it's a phenomenal sport, and I'm I'm still very much in, involved in that that sport. Lovely stuff. Any any sponsors you want to give a shout out finally to, Kyle? Oh, I've got, I've got plenty of sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Go from ahead. My la- from, from my last fight, I had Ikel. Um, CBD. I had Phoenix Cutting Services, um, JJX, uh, Jobsworth Recruitment. Uh, I, I have so many sponsors. I'm very, I'm a very lucky boy uh, to, to have the support of, the, uh, of people around me. So if I haven't mentioned them, I, I do apologise. But then I get the shouts out on my, my social media and stuff like that. Absolutely, nothing to apologise for. Thanks very much for giving up your time on this Sunday, and best of luck going forward, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care of yourself. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Bye bye now. Kyle Williams there. Good guy. He's Kyle Walls fan as well. Can't go wrong. Yeah, he did. He, he put up a good show, Ozzy, against Charlie Edwards, I thought. He showed he's a bit of a character. He's doing, the, you know, part-time, doing the fitness training and stuff like that. And I thought he spoke really well there. Good luck to him in the future. He did speak well. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, a good, honest pro. Uh, knows what level he's at. Um, that Baluta, who, look, he got beat off uh, very close, got beat on a split decision. We've seen what sort of level he can operate at. He battered Downey and he battered Joyce as well. Um, I've not seen the fight with Williams and Baluta, so I don't know if it's available online. But he um, he put in a great. He, he gave a great re- um, re- like record, a, co- a great performance of himself against Charlie Edwards. And I agree with him. I thought he did have Edwards buzzed quite a few times, and the card was appalling. To give him one round is just disrespectful. He was a lot, lot better than that. Um, and I had it fairly, fairly even around the halfway point. Um, I didn't look at it and think, you know, I thought Edwards is in a fight here. And I think he highlighted that Charlie Edwards isn't a bantamweight. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's lads like this who deserve, you know, like other opportunities. He's coming. Edwards is supposed to be levels above. Williams, you know, up the up the ante on him, put the pressure on him, and put in arguably probably one of the performances of his career. Um, so yeah, look, what Frank Warren's got a couple of bantamweights. Dennis McCann is one of them. They always struggle for opponents for McCann. What a great opportunity that would be. McCann's a talent, um, but as as William said, he's there for the opportunities, and as long as the price is right, he'll fight anybody. Just before we go back to Zapida with yourself and Rob, Ozzy, uh, John Hedges in action there while I was interviewing Kyle. Um, not too complimentary there. How did he look? He got beat. Well, sorry, he didn't. He didn't get beat. Um, he got it on the Ian John Lewis's card, which was an absolute shocker. But he lost the fight. He lost the fight. And I feel Jan Ardon was the opponent. Um, it's a joke. Absolute joke. He won the fight. I had 3-1. Uh, of course, uh, Edward Hearn has just announced he had it a draw. Imagine my surprise. Matchroom fighter in fight, he lost. So he'll have it as a draw. Uh, but no, he, he got beat. Uh, I've, I've since found out that Hedges has turned over um, decorated amateur, but never had any senior bouts. So, so he's now he's you know he's not fought against you know basically men, yeah, ball. basically, yeah, yeah. So he, he's now he, he's it's a big jump. So they've got to be careful with his matchmaking now because every fight is going to be difficult because he's going to be fighting grown men, and naturally just that man strength. Um, it's going to be a struggle for him. Look, they've got time. He's only young. Um, there's no need to rush him. And I think on today's performance, he's a long, long way off. But I just I don't get how Ian John Lewis gave um, Hedges the fight. I just don't understand it. It's an appalling, appalling card. And nothing will happen from it. Nothing will happen from it. Um, I feel for Jan Ardon, we really do, because, look, it, it was a big opportunity for him. Um, he, he's proved records for DJs, um, and, and he should have been given um, basically a, a career-best win live on Sky Sports, and more incompetent judging has taken that away from him again. Uh, Rob's uh, BRB, so I'm going to put you to work, Ozzy. I do apologise. Uh, Zapata Baranchik, anything you want to quickly say? Or we can go to Andy on the undercard if you're burnt out. I think you've got plenty to offer here, haven't you? Yeah, loved it. Loved the fight. I thought it was excellent. Uh, I saw some people saying it was a bit messy. Couldn't give a fuck about that. <laughs> um, Fucking hell, who said that? <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few fights saying, you know, like it wasn't, you know, like the most skilled. I'm thinking, fuck me. It's like, you can't. Literally, boxing fans, we, we've got a fight here where there was eight knockdowns in basically four and a half rounds, and we're now saying it wasn't, you know, it was a bit messy. Who gives a shit? It was excellent. And I wouldn't mind as well, a lot of them were big knockdowns. Zapeda proved he's got a chin. Yeah, he hit the deck. But Baranchik landed a couple of huge right hands and Zapeda got back up. And likewise, Baranchik took some big, big shots. And I thought when Josh Taylor couldn't get him out of there, um, sorry, did Taylor stop him? No, it went, went to points, didn't it? It went to points, didn't it? I know he dropped Yeah, him. He, he dropped them late, I think, yeah. He, he dropped, dropped them late, late, didn't he? And I thought, I thought, fuck me. I thought, if Taylor's, Taylor's a big hitter at 140 as well, Taylor couldn't get him out of there. That's that's a big statement from Zapeda. And look, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't... Uh, that knockout was brutal. Absolutely brutal. The way he just, he keeled over on his leg and stuff like that. Um, 
it was un, unreal. Uh, there was a lot of hype about Zepeda when he fought Terry Flanagan coming over. And they said then he was a big, big puncher. And it was just a shame the fight ended the way it did after two rounds and Zepeda dislocated his shoulder. Uh, and he's had some rotten luck after that as well, you know, with bad cuts, uh, a couple of close. Um, he got beat off Ramirez, Jose Ramirez in a close fight as well. But look, he's bounced back now. Great win. Excellent win. Um, hope Branchik's okay. Um, I know he's still in hospital. Uh, disappointing not to see any oxygen available. And you've just got people stood over him, like, just looking at him. Uh, look, that's not good enough, that. You've got basically a bloke's life on the line. Um, the very best medical facilities should be available at all times, particularly in a fight headlining um, on ESPN Plus with top rank. So hopefully Branchit recovers. I've known that this fight will take a lot out of him because that was a heavy, heavy knockdown. And there's a pay there. Look, he called out a rematch with uh, with uh, Ramirez. I don't think that's going to happen yet because I think Ramirez's next fight is either going to be Josh Taylor or Jack Catterall. Um, if not for Taylor, he'll probably sit and wait for the unification. If not, I would not. I'd like to see Josh Taylor against Jose Zapida. Why not? If if the if the one for all the marbles is not there, then why not as a payder? Great opponent will certainly bring it, and I think we'll bring the best we'll bring the best out of Josh Taylor as well, because Taylor would be wary um, of a bloke who can clearly punch, and you can argue Zapeda may well be the biggest hitter at one forty. The other thing as well is Ramirez is new. You know he's got a, a backlog of mandatory defences. That was a final eliminator last night for the WBC title. So new he's got as you say Jack Catterall and stuff like that. Yeah. So. He's got, he's got, he's got three decisions to make. Does he go through with both yeah. mandatories, or does he vacate? What does he do? He's got options. He's not got options. He's got options. Sorry, but he's got yeah, a situation. Well, he's got to really try and fix it somehow. The one, the one thing with the WBC one is, is that Victor Postal was his mandatory, and that that just happened. So yeah. I think he'll have some leeway with that at least. Um, so I certainly think it's look. I, I think we know what it's going to be. It's either going to be Taylor next, or it's going to be Catterall next. Um, and then the winner of Catarol Ramirez will fight Taylor, or the winner of T Taylor against uh, Ramirez uh, will probably fight Jack Catarol or vacate the belts and go in a different direction. Maybe go to fight Terence Crawford, something like that. But yeah, you're right. Um, Ramirez has got to play it. It's going to be interesting. Um, it was a very close fight with Zepeda last time out. I think there's only a point in it on all the cards, something like that. So, you know, look, I can't remember the fight round for round, but it's a fight that you definitely won't want to see again. And after you've seen a guy who, look, gets dropped twice in round one and once in again in round two and again in round five, but can still come back and win in that manner, you certainly want to see more of him again. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember seeing that fight, but the more I see of Zapeda, you maybe think that Terry Flanagan possibly got away with one there. Um, to watch Boatsy undercard watch, it's Akib Fiaz against Kane Baker at the moment, just going into round two. We'll keep you updated on that one. Unless you're watching during the week, you'll already know what's happened and who has won this fight. Just before we go to Rob on Zapeda against Baranchik, I'll have a quick word on the undercard. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Barnes getting knocked out by Mitchell Soip, the two big heavyweights going at it. That's Sype. Terrible tattoos. Come on, what are you doing? And Barnes absolutely squared up, getting battered. Haven Brady Jr. Could be one to watch. Uh, won his debut against Gorwa Carrier. He's only 18 years of age. Duke Ragen, 
He was pure raging against John Moraga. Unless the SPN had the statistics wrong, it looked like raging got outlanded by about 16% of power shots, according to their stats. But he, he won every round on all four, three of the cards. So I'm not sure whether that was correct or not. Gabe Flores Jr., no power, not interested. Good win over Ryan Kielczewski. He's one of these the East Coast hard men in the Mark DeLuca, Greg Vendetti kind of role. And as for the heavyweights, Guido Vianello, Italian, more like Vianetta. He was soft, got cut. He got beaten up at times for me by Kingsley eBay. Forget about um, AJ or Femi. It's all about Kingsley eBay, the big Nigerian heavyweight. Got a draw. Could have possibly won that fight. Vianello has to go back to the drawing board. What about the main event then? Wrapping Rob Kelly. Enough to get you up on a Sunday morning. Baranchik against Cepeda. If it's not fight of the year, we're going to be served up something pretty special before the end of 2020, Rob. It was absolutely class. Yeah, I mean, look, first things first. I hope Brad Tech comes through that. And I didn't know until the podcast died that he was in hospital. So um, you kind of feel a bit weird talking about it till you know he's not going to be okay. But in terms of a contest, um, you know, over the last couple of months, I've been kind of losing interest with just the climate and the spectrum of boxing. It's been really poor. Um, coming off lockdown, you know, we've had one or two good fights. But as a year, as a whole, 2020, it's such a cliche thing, isn't it? Fuck you, 2020. But yeah, but it's been shite, hasn't it? Like, so... Um, I was kind of shitting on the card when I when I first heard about it, and now I regret it. Like, what an unbelievable fight! Like, it's one of those fights, and hopefully, it's remembered for all the right reasons. And Branchek pulls through. We're not, we're not talking about it for other reasons. But I'll tell you what, as well, it puts Josh Taylor up, up there even further in my estimation. I already think Taylor's a bad man. Like, but I kind of don't even want to see this Ramirez fight. I know we're going to see it. Um, but I want to see. I think Taylor will give. Terence Crawford is best fight out of the available opponents. So I want to see that. I think there's going to be some fight when it gets made off the point. But um, I just thought that, I mean, Zepeda last night, I mean, he's up and down like a fucking rock'em sock'em robot. Like, even when you think he's getting on top and then he just seems to ca- catch a glance and blow and he's down, back up straight away. The way, you know, the lads have t- described it perfectly. The way he rolled the shot, the way he placed it. It's one of those perfect knockouts and Baranchek went down, folded like a deck chair, like, and he's a tough out. Like, he is a hard bastard, Branchek. Like, every punch with bad intentions. I think I remember seeing him. Who was it he fought? Um, was it Yigit? He fought Taylor. Uh, yeah, no, he fought Taylor and lost. But before that, he beat, beat Yigit, didn't he? Absolutely fucking buzzsawed him. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. I forgot about that one. I remember seeing him fight Peter Petrov. But Yigit, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then, and then like, that's that was a that's a kind of an underrated performance from Josh Taylor. Because that's a fucking tough, tough, tough. And he completely fucking... Um, it beat him easily in the end. Like so, I, I think um, all their stocks are going up after that. I mean, hopefully, as you know, health wise again, I wanted to high up on it, but hopefully he pulls through and he has another fight and he comes comes out of a healthy heat. You know, anyone who wants to see Branchek again after that and Zapata, you know, has put himself in the in the mix again at one forty. I don't think he's probably going to go any further than that. I don't don't really see him like reigning for a long time as a world champion, but he's been involved in one. And I'm trying to keep the keep the immune system up. Evening, Ed. Ed is there somewhere. Hopefully, Rob's okay out there. Episode three nine three. Andy's here. Ozzy, Rob. We've lost uh, Adam Smido Smith. Unfortunately, the ladies will be disappointed to hear that. You back with us, Rob? No, I was going to say he he, he didn't Eddie make it. I'm wondering like the consp- is conspiracy world going to go mad because Eddie came out like and said stop all this bad news. Worry about focusing on your immune system. And then the next day, he tested positive. 
And I was looking at one of his IFLs. It's really, it was really sad because he said that he's quarantining on the top floor. And sometimes he comes out of the room with his mask on and he says, hello. And the kids say, get back in the room, you dick. And then apparently they're upset about the corona. They're worried about the coronavirus as well. Rob giving it a lot on a Sunday evening, Andy, as well. well Just before we go on to the well, MTK show, Andy, what happened? Only the strongest shall survive, as Eddie says. Only the strongest shall survive. What about Magsayo and Rungvisoy? Any strength there, Andy, over the weekend? Uh, well, Young Versailles, obviously, uh, he's he's uh, smashed up this guy in two rounds and that really kind of journeyman type fight that he's facing. Anyway, obviously, not a rush shaker and that. Um, another benefit, I suppose, of the uh, behind closed doors box and that is you actually get to hear the actual power in his shots. Uh, pretty vicious, uh, stepped in and just kind of blasted the opponent out. Really, it was a mercy stoppage at the corner, had to basically basically bomb in the ring and basically pull it apart and stop it and that because it was such a beating he was giving them. Um, I won't see the highlights of Mark McZile, who I've been keeping an eye on and stuff. He's okay as such, but um, just a shout out for these judges now. They fucking scorecards were disgraceful. Rigoberto Hermzillo, who was fighting actually, it was a split decision victory for McZile. Um, for what I saw the highlights now, he was kind of like more inclined to kind of punch single shots and stuff. But one judge gave McZile 100 to 90, so basically a shutout over the 10 rounds. But then Lou Marette, there's a there's name, Lou, remember him? Gave it 96 94 to the other fighter. And the third judge gave it 96 94 to, to McZile just, just for reference. And that, and that's Lou Marette was still going, aren't they? Well, remember, he had a shocking scorecard. Um, uh, what fight was it? Just uh, not that long ago. Who was it? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember oh, Dr. It, Lou or, Marette from about 30 years ago getting into the ring with the likes of Riddick Bow and Whitaker and all them boys. Or was it a referee? That kind of mind. He was, he was involved in something recently in that. Um, but anyway, I so. Rungvisai, yeah, decent one. McZio, I'll need to watch it in more kind of detail and stuff, but just thought it might be worth a mention and stuff. Uh, just uh, the judges' scorecards really caught the eye a wee bit. Absolutely. Maybe catch that during the week. Shout out to all the boys in the chat. Joseph Kennedy. Joe Kennedy has joined us as well. Jason Chukwu, for somebody who can't speak, he's pretty chatty. Chukwu in there talking about Lawrence Akoli. It's Kingsley eBay. You want to get on to Chukwu? Come on, man. You're missing out. Udoss is there as well. Uh, who else have we got knocking about? Eggy Phil still there. Boys are watching the football, watching the boxing as well. Into round three came Baker against Akib Fiaz. Looks like Baker is starting to show the signs of someone who's been a little bit outboxed, from my unprofessional opinion. Ozzy, what about the MTK show back last Wednesday? Uh, Liam Conroy against Sergey Michel. I thought Michelle was a, fan, a fair winner, but he was outclassed, uh, Conroy, if, if truth be told there. And on to the main event. My timeline has been absolutely banging on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook that much, but a lot of the guys are crying robbery here, obviously, forgetting the Mohamed Mamoun fight. Tyrone McKenna was robbed, I think, 96-94 with for Davis. So I think I had it 97-93. I think he was landing the harder shots. Tyrone was maybe busy doing nothing at times, and I'd say O'Hara probably did enough to win for me. I agree. There was no robbery in this main event. None at all. Um, I had Davis a fair winner. Similar card to what you had, Steve, by three or four rounds. Um, you, you can't just give somebody rounds because, you know, the boxing, you know, on the edge of the ring, flicking out a jab and not really doing anything with it. Um, I know you can't judge everything, but McKenna was pretty pretty bashed up at the end of the fight. Um, Davis just, he's so basic. He, if he could cut off a ring, he'd, he'd have absolutely smashed McKenna. To base it to pieces, but he just he, he doesn't learn. Um, he, he was on his third trainer in in as many fights. Kevin Mitchell did his corner, but 
to be fair, I thought he um, I thought he was a fair winner. Um, again, if if he threw a left hook, he wouldn't have been able to miss as well because McKenna was wary of the big right hand. But look, it's it's a big win for him because it opens up some doors now. Um, I think they get a, co- a contract with the top promoter. Uh, I, I don't know who. Uh, there's talk it could be top rank and the the purses are pretty guaranteed and the big money as well. So I think it's a four or five fight deal, um, which look can set you up if you know, you're getting paid well. It can set you up for for pretty much for life. But they're talking, you know, like big big purses. Uh, Conroy was just completely outclassed. He was smashed to bits off uh, Michelle. Um, never in the fight, um, Michelle. Um, considering in his first fight, which was against Tommy Philbin, who's was not great, he looked pretty average. But this was a much better performance. Um, raised the levels and it showed and Conroy was well out of his depth. Uh, the rest of the undercard, uh, I watched the Ben Fail against Robbie Chapman fight, which was quite, it was quite fun actually. Look, we've had Chapman on the podcast before. He knows his role. He's in the away corner, but comes to win. And if you're not on your game, we'll make it difficult for you. Uh, and I watched Stevie Ward against that Joan Valau. Um Ward looks physically better. Um, He's, he's a big bloke, and you do wonder how he made light heavyweight and how much it took out of him. But um, I know from what you've always said, Steve, that the ceiling's pretty low with, with Stevie Ward. And I think when he comes up against somebody that, look, A, can crack, and B, will cause problems, he may be on the receiving end of a, uh, of a defeat. But we'll wait and see. Domestically, there's some fights to be made at Cruiserweight. Uh, and I've no doubt Stevie Ward will be involved with them, so we'll wait and see what goes on. Absolutely, Andy. I don't know if you saw anything this last Wednesday. It wasn't on YouTube, as I erroneously thought. It was on Sky. McKenna against O'Hara Davis. Get a chance to catch up with it at all. Any thoughts or opinions from you, Andy? Uh, no, I've never seen it, mate. I did see there was a bit of you know, debate, dispute going with the scorecards and stuff. I did see uh, Sergey Michel, actually. Um, funny enough, I think I actually mentioned him last week on last week's uh, podcast and stuff. I think he did... He could, uh, I can't mind who he fought in the amateurs and stuff. I didn't mention him last week. I forget who it was, but he had a decent victory. Uh, I agree having a, a, a big war day and stuff. Um, I just, I think he's he's got, he's got a place in the game. I just think it's at domestic level, which is, there's no shame in that. Um, didn't they catch uh, McKenna against Davis, unfortunately? But anyway, I, I ain't, to be honest, I ain't watching O'Hara Davis anymore. I mean, the guy, the guy's a fucking bum. Right, and hear him after the fight and that scene as well as you know oh, I've took this so seriously and that this you know this fight and stuff, having been out clubbing and stuff like that. Well, fucking big on you, O'Hara Davis. You know what a you know what a man he is. He hasn't been out clubbing during a pandemic. That shows some considerable restraint. What a tadger, man. What a fucking tadger. No, I mean uh, no, seriously. Yeah. I, I listen unless he's fighting George Taylor again and that just so I can see him getting crucified. I ain't interested in watching him, mate. Um, this is again. He's another one who's who's got his level and stuff, but um, it's no at world level and stuff. You see, does he now get a contract with is it MTK? I think so. It's like a hundred thousand pounds and five fights or something. No, MTK is with a promoter, so I think it's with ah. Top Rank. All right, interesting to see what he gets. Uh, is that the same across the weights? Then is it? Could you imagine Liam Conroy like picking up a contract with Top Rank or something? Yeah, I think it's Top Rank, but yeah, yeah. So it's same across the weight. They say a top promoter, uh, but with the deal, is it? Look, it's either going to be Matchroom, uh, naturally, you know, because they work together to go on Sky, or it's going to be Top Rank. Um, I had this vision, you know, what would be classes if you know they had two contracts, 
um, and they can choose where to go. And I just love it because Oara Davis has said he'd never go to Edwards, so he'd just pick up this contract, toss the map through one out of the way, and can then hold imagine? up the other one and buzz off it. Can you uh, imagine but, Bob Arum? I've never yeah. heard of O'Hara Davis. He yeah. fucking quit like a dog against Josh Taylor. And you want me to sign that fucking bum? <laughs> um, but yeah, look, if it's tw 20 grand a fight, I, I thought it was more than that, Steve. I thought it was more than 100 grand. It, it might be. It might be. Fights, yeah. But look, look, you've, you've, you've got 100 grand payday, you know, 100K coming up for your next five fights as a minimum. It's decent money. It's decent money, and look, Davis has done well out the sport already. Um, for a guy who, you know, what would you say, European level, um, has earned good money from it, uh, and uh, look, can still go on, and he, he, he can punch. He, he's just got to learn. Um, like I said, you, you you start tweaking a little things, like look, if you can learn to cut the ring off, you know, it may, it'll make a massive difference for him. But he doesn't listen. One thing that struck her in the fight, um, Kevin Mitchell, he said after the, um, in his interview, he said, yeah, my coach, Kevin Mitchell, was telling me to get busier, start throwing, you know, like twos, threes, fours, you know, put, put, put the pressure on McKenna, I'd get him out of there. And he said, I just ignored him. He said, I didn't want to take any risks. That's why I was just throwing single shots. I'm thinking, why? It, it, it reeks of a guy who has no trust to anybody. And that's severe trust issues. Because when you're going in, look, in, in that ring, it's you against your opponent. The only people you've got with you are the ones in your corner. And you should be taking everything they're saying. You should be listening to it. And he just chose to ignore it. But I tell you what, if he'd have got beat, who would have got blamed? It would have been the corner. He wouldn't have stood up and said, yeah. I ignored the corner and got it wrong. It would have been easy. Nah, the, the game plan was all wrong. So it's little things like, you know, if you're willing to learn and willing to listen, um, you, you know, you could go from being a, a solid, you know, like European level and you might get that opportunity to challenge for a world title. But we'll wait and see with him. There's a lot to learn with him, that's for sure. To me, O'Hara's comments, I think, reeked of someone who's like, I'm the big cheese here. They're just there to hold the spit bucket in the corner. But like you say, if he'd have lost, then they would have been the first to be getting the blame. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I was, I was going to ask you actually, uh, not so much regarding O'Hara Davis, but Tyrone McKenna. Um, it's done no harm for him really. The fact he's got the he's had the catch-all fight before. He's gone into the golden contract. He didn't win, but he got to the final. It's raised his profile, raised his bank balance. I think uh, McKenna's had a pretty decent career so far. Yeah, I, I thought I actually predicted he'd lose by stoppage last week, but I actually thought he won just make the fight. I was watching it maybe because I'm just so so critical of O'Hara Davis, but like O'Hara Davis. Like, what's this golden contract going to do for him? Because is he going to even see out the five fights like without getting badly beaten by somebody? He's fucking atrocious, atrocious. His feet, his he fights scared. I said that watching the card. It looks like he fights scared. He's so bad. No combinations, no ring IQ. As as he said, he followed Tyrone McKenna. And Tyrone was just getting using an amateur style, the Peter Taylor style, jab, back, jab, right hand, jab, back. Jab right hand. That was it for the whole night, circling, circling. And he couldn't, not that he was doing badly in the fight, he was having moments of success when he was from just walking McKenna down, but he doesn't know how to walk someone down. Like, what is he going to do with anyone in the top 10, 15, 20 in the world? Absolutely nothing. So I don't see the point of this, you know, good enemies, we've got to pay there or whatever, but it's not. He's never, ever, ever, ever going to operate at the top level of Ohio Davis. I know McKenna, 
he'll come again. He might get another domestic fight. He'll get a couple of, couple of paydays. I don't think he'll go up the levels either. But O'Hara Davis, man. And then to say, then he finally admitted that he quit against Taylor, that he didn't break one of his two noses. He said that he quit and uh, he suffered from humiliation. So a lot of humiliation uh, for O'Hara Davis from his loss to Taylor. But like, I don't want to run any fighter too much into the ground, but like, he's not he's not going to do it like he's, he's just not going to do it like he'll never ever ever um be a top level fighter i don't give a fuck who he's playing the top rank matchroom uncle al it's never happened for him like. uncle al won't take on anybody like him uh andy i want to ask you about avanesi and josh kelly just before we do so is there any interest in this german card next week dominic Bassell going in against yeah. robin krasnitsche these seem to be guys that have been especially krasnitsche just been around forever yeah, as um, but uh, Bussell's, I think he's picked up that interim WBA belt and stuff. Yes, so he has. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We we'll mentioned him last week, and that as an ideal opponent for like of Joshua Boatze and stuff. So you know, fair play. I mean, I think he picked it up off that Sven Forling as well. So him and Krasniki have actually, you know, they've got a bit of history of having beaten that Sven Forling as well. So I watched Krasniki's last fight. Um, you know, is it was you know that guy came to fight him actually, but um. He's also at the at the end of the road. I fancy Pocell actually winning on points. Cadiro, uh, he's gone for his defending his German title on that. I suppose that's class as a step up of sorts, not. But I've never seen the guy that he's fighting. I think he's beat your kind of usual nondescript Bosnians and stuff. So uh, again, it'll be another fine tuner for Cadiro as he kind of like obviously kind of gets himself into the rankings and just kind of work on his trade and that. He's still young. Don't expect him to be kind of chasing titles until at least he's in his mid twenties to late twenties and stuff like that at this point. So. Yeah, so I'll tune into that card. I see Lemieux and um, Matt Mudov's fight next week as well. So it uh, might be a wee bit of interest on that uh, Canadian card. And I see Maxi Hughes. I don't, is, that, is Maxi Hughes still fighting in Dubai next week? Eh? Yeah, as far as I know, on Friday the 9th, he's going over to fight 12-0 Viktor Kotochikov for the uh, WBC International Lightweight title. It, uh, Maxi has been took over there, Andy, as an opponent on the road. But, I mean, good luck to him. Yeah, that, that used to uh, so be Kazakh, actually. I've seen him on the... I think that was IFL actually was showing that card in Kazakhstan a week a couple of months back, a couple of weeks back. Sorry, um, it wasn't really much to write home about. To be honest, he ended the guy kind of early in that, but uh, I think Maxi may have a wee chance with this uh, as well. I think there's a belt on the line for this as well. Um, WBC so, International Lightweight Title. There we go. All day, Mauricio will be kind of coining that in as well. Absolutely, they, uh, mate. A quick word on that, Ozzy. I was going to say they agreed to this fight earlier this year, and then the pandemic hit and locked. Oh, is this the, the same one? Okay, yeah. It, but yeah, so it's the same one. So they fancy this fight uh, yeah. big time. Um, he's fought your mate, Andy uh, Podosovs. Yeah, I've seen that. Eh? Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Kazakh lad. Um, one on the undercard as well. Macaulay McGowan is making a return again. Yeah, I was going to say that against Rowan Dorte, who was on with us before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that he, name, Macaulay McGowan. Yeah, he's been around for years. Uh, he used to train with Arnie Farnell. Macaulay oh, is that the, the journeyman? Oh no no! McCauley's fourteen and zero with a draw. Drew Is against Jed Smith. Um, I thought he was a. I thought he operated at um, at one four seven, but it says he's a middleweight here. Um, but yeah, so look, he's operating at one sixty. That'd be a decent. But then dates are one four seven. I haven't a clue what weight he's at. Then must be around one four seven, one fifty for this fight. But yeah, that'll be a decent fight. That. Um, it's an odd, like a real odd card, isn't it? Um, who is who is promote who is organising this fight? 
promotions. Yeah, it's probably empty. Must be MTK proxy or something. They go out there, don't they? And I know Hughes is signed with MTK now, so. And it's on ESPN as well. There'll be a good chance to see if IFL are carrying that card actually as well. I've had problems trying to rewatch some of these Dubai cards that they put on and stuff like for like geolocation block and stuff like that as well. So I don't know if you're able to even watch it live on YouTube. I imagine they'll have something to do with it. Um, Ozzy, I was going to ask you there. I, I put it up. Uh, uh, Curly Watts asked me to stick up the Chewbacca picture about Avanessian against Kelly. The off again, off again fight seems to be off again. Doesn't look like Avanessian's ever going to get his chance. You there with us, Oz? It's like he dropped off, I think. Maybe the problem's with me. Can you hear me, Ander? I can hear you fine, mate, aye. All right. Any word on Avanessian while we try and reconnect in there? I mean, that fight doesn't look like it's ever going to happen, does it? Well, is it, what, what's, what's the latest, mate? I know you've got, you've got that picture up there. I was having to reread it when you put the Chewbacca picture up. Yeah, Neil Marsh uh, put something up. He said, what a shame. It's looking very unlikely this fight will happen. Shame Josh Kelly don't fancy it as it would have been a belter for the fans. Truth always comes out. He had to go at Boxing Booth again. Don't think you will be taking a vacant EBU title as you're failing to participate in a challenge. You accepted the boys in the chat there having a comment on it just now as well. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. Kennedy was saying Eddie said he could be moving up to 154 in, instead. Yeah, and uh, they're mentioning you loosen of and all that. Uh, well, listen off me. That's a safe option for uh, for for Kelly, I suppose. I mean, I've no been fully impressed with listen off since he turned pro. He's a good amateur, you must admit, and that he still was more amateur kind of yeah, amateur set up for him. But um, what are they hiding with Kelly? Is it the same with what I say? They take the time with him? Is he hiding something like glass and stuff? We don't know. Um, Avanessian again. I mean, just getting fucked about the poor cunt. Isn't he? I mean, he's he's lost money on uh, on on the fight in the in the past before. I think Avanessian just needs to say to him, look, you know, fuck this fight. He's been dicked about too much and stuff like that. At the end of the day, you know, he can get a payday elsewhere, a payday elsewhere, but maybe not the same amount. But who cares? Fuck Josh Kelly, man. You know, it, as Rob, Rob will probably mention that as well. As, you know, where's these triple left hooks? You know, Ray Robinson was giving them, giving them, giving them damage in that as well. So, um, until he actually kind of step, I mean, to me, it's just bad form, right? Whatever uh, Booth's doing, he protects his fighters and stuff, and all this other stuff and that, but that's a fight that we want to see happen. You know, it was just like Zapeda against Baranchet last night. You know, but we wanted to see that fight. We thought it'd be an indecent fight, nothing to what actually transpired, mind you. But this would be a good, good test for Josh Kelly. And you know, even if he gets beaten, stuff like so what? I mean, he's fighting a guy who's world ranked. You know, Kelly's ranking. I don't know if he's world ranked just now, but you know, if, if if he is world ranked, then it's, it's it's a fake ranking, bought and paid for. That's all it is. And he's going to move up to one fifty four when really. He's done nothing at 147 to suggest that, you know, even going up to 154 with additional poundage is actually going to even be any benefit to him, to be honest with you. Do you think the Ray Robinson fight it was, Andy, sort of give him the shakes a little bit and says we're going to have to put our foot on the brakes and they accidentally, I don't know, they pushed their foot right down whenever you're learning to drive and nearly went through the windscreen? Yeah, there's there's an element to that, mate. But at the end of the day, he's mid-20s now. I mean, with his, his amateur background, he's fought the World Series of Boxing, you know, he's fought some really good amateur fighters and stuff like that. You know, again, that's that's a different code. But then you step up and, you know, he's gone he's gone ten rounds with Winston Campos, for example, that Josh Taylor absolutely destroyed. And what was it, three rounds, three or four mm-hmm. rounds, whatever it was. You know, struggle with Ray Robinson to a draw. You know, he, he goes he goes uh, um, ten rounds with Carlos Molina, which is which is understandable because Molina always kind of you know was always durable to go, go the distance and stuff. But you go through, go through his list, go through his record. That there's nothing to suggest there that he's absolutely 
you know, bang, banging on the door for any world title fight shortly stuff. You know, he's he's trying to get the WBA ranking and points and stuff. I don't know if he's still got that belt now, but what is wrong with going to European level? In fact, what's, what's actually even wrong with going and actually winning the British title for a change? Again, it's just nonsense. They're going for these fake baubles, trying to work them into position, and then when the day comes and stuff like that, like, well, you know, we'll maybe hold off for a wee bit longer and stuff. It's just, um, it just does my nothing a wee bit, actually. So as it says, Josh Kelly needs a proper test. Now, listen off, you know, again, it's a safe option. It's a safe option fight. You know, it's, it's a guy who doesn't bang that much, you know. I, I, I dare say it's probably got distance written all over it as well, that, that, that fight. And I dare say, you know, some people would be wanting to see Robinson uh, get a rematch with Kelly and stuff, but there's clearly something. Uh, I don't know what it is. We'll never know. I mean, we're on the inside and stuff like that, but it's clearly a, a, an issue here that he's either A, being protected, and B, he's, he's not ready yet. But, I mean, as I say, he almost, he almost been in his late 20s. When's he going to be ready? See what happens when you push these guys too quick, too soon, without the actual proper learning fight stuff like that. You're going to rely on their amateur pedigree to pull them into, uh, into the pro ranks. But we've seen it so far, Matt. It's okay triple left hooks against your fucking Chris George or fucking Jay Byrne or Jose Zenga, whatever his fucking name is, Tony Whitfield. When you step up in class, man, that shit's not going to work. You're no Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, just get on with it. Dave Trick said as well. Just put him in with the Conor Ben if that's what they want to do. Let's let's just get on with it. Uh, Eggy Phil says Josh Kelly posted earlier. It's happening. I did see that. I'll be, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, we're talking Avanessi and Kelly, Ozzy. If you want to jump in, Eggy Phil says Josh Kelly seems to want it. It's happening. It's a fight that we're all hoping is going to happen. But um, do you think it will? By all accounts, yeah. Spots Carl Greaves before, um, and they basically said they think what manager Neil Marsh put out yesterday on Twitter, basically calling him out and saying, look, what the, you, you don't want it, Adam Booth, you do not want this fight. Anywhere big U-turn has been made. I know pressure was being put on from Hearn as well, actually wanting the fight. Kelly wanted the fight. Booth wasn't interested. Clearly bit the bullet, the taking the fight. It's a fight that's been spoken about for, God, I bet he spoke. 18 months, you know, when it was first spoken about and first arranged. And then uh, I think it, it fell through. And then Kelly pulled out, you know, um, basically in fight week. And then it was rescheduled and the pandemic happened. So, yeah, fingers crossed it happens this year. Um, it's not one of these that, you know, oh, we'll look forward to it in early 2021 because then it won't happen. But, yeah, we want to see it. Uh, my view hasn't changed on it. I think Avanesian will knock him out. I think he'll stop him. Um, Kelly just doesn't hasn't got that pop in his punches. Slick boxer, uh, but I just don't think he has that. He doesn't have the power to deter Avanesian. Uh, Avanesian's in the form of his life, and I think he'll get to Kelly. Um, and I think it'll be a tough, tough night, and I think he'll get him out of there. Oh. I think Booth's trying to stretch it to see if Avanesian gets old. Just try to stretch a wee bit longer just to see if it gets old. You know, he's going to be about 50 by this rate. I know. Yeah. I mean, he did, he did similar with, he did, he did similar with, it, with, with the Hey Klitschko fight. They chased that for years and then when it was time to sign or oh, uh, injury, was it the shoulder or something like that? I mean, what it was. Mm, the back. Yeah, the back and that. And then the satanic deal with doing the shitter and that. That's what it was. The satanic deal with doing the shitter. Um, so then they, they bailed on it with a back problem and stuff. Can I allow Triple J as well, Under? Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, look, he's 32, Avanessian. Just turned 32 as well. Um, boxed last December. So, look, he's been out the ring a while now, 10 months. Um, when did Kelly last box? 
Winston Campos. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. The guy that Taylor destroyed in about three rounds yeah. or something. Yeah, and he went 12 rounds, did he? Or whatever ten it rounds. was, 10 rounds. 10 rounds like yeah. yeah. Uh, when was that? So that was, oh, same last, time. Last year. Yeah, same time. So last year as well. So both been at the same time. Fingers crossed it happens because, look, if Kelly again ducks this fight, it's not going to look good on him. And I'd want to know why. Why sign for fights previously and then make a complete U-turn? This fight has got to happen. It's not as if you know it's not appealing. European title on the line, you win that, you get ranked by all four governing bodies. It's a big fight. Um, and one that Kelly needs, like I said, to keep talking about, you know, he's he's unreal. Look, he, he could be a world champion already. Well, we'll wait and see. If, if you're a world champion in the making and could be one now, you shouldn't be ducking people like David Avanesian, who are fringe world level. So we'll wait and see. But this fight has to happen. I think there's one the one person who doesn't want it to happen is Booth. But it seems like he's been completely outnumbered. So fingers crossed it goes ahead. Oh, to Adam Booth, indeed. Let's hope Kelly against Avanesian oh, does to Adam take place. <laughs> Go to Dave Caldwell as the new one. I'm going to have to try and get that one cut as soon as I can. Kane Baker, Akib Fiaz has finished. They're just in the ring now, waiting for the announcement. We'll uh, bring that to you as soon as we possibly can. Just while we're waiting for that, Rob, on hooks, no doubt. Question came in from Mr Boxing yesterday. Not so much a question, Rob, but more your thoughts uh, at Live6897, he says, I reckon Fury versus Caballel will be on BTP, BT pay-per-view. Dubois versus Joyce on the undercard. So obviously earlier in the night, we've had the announcement now from Frank, late November, early December, Dubois versus Joyce is going to take place. And that serves how Frank has made the numbers work. What's your thoughts on that then, Rob? Dubois, Joyce sort of propping up the UK side of a Fury Caballel pay-per-view. What the fuck? Where's that going for Caballel? This is a joke, is it? This this is what Mr. Boxing yesterday is throwing in. Rob, what do you think? Say so leave that where where it belongs yesterday. Yeah, don't take it in, in today. Fury's not fighting Caballero, man. That's just ridiculous. Like, um, Dubois versus Joyce, though. I'm happy that they both signed. I'm looking forward to that fight. There's some good fights coming up towards the end of the year. We're getting a couple anyway, at least. Is that this? Is it? Is it coming up this year? Yeah. Uh, Dubois Joyce. It's supposed to be end of November, early December. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got a good couple of fights to look forward to. That's a really interesting one. I said before, I think Dubois is going to do it, but um, interesting to see it. But no, more interesting. Tyson Fury is it? Huey Fury he wants versus Caballero or Tyson Fury? <laughs> what do you want there? Like, <coughs> even it. Evening, Ed, indeed. Wrapping Rob Kelly there. Interesting fight coming up next week. Maybe not a barn burner or something that's going to interest a lot of people. USA Showtime, Wednesday, the 7th of October. Charles Conwell. Uh, had obviously had the unfortunate fight against the late Patrick Days, 12 and 0, putting his record on against Wendy Toussaint, who's also 12 and 0, she, he, whatever it is. I've seen Wendy fight, he's actually pretty decent. So, Conwell against Toussaint could be an interesting one to keep an eye on during the week on USA Showtime. Uh, questions galore flying in. One for you, uh, Ozzy, from a few weeks ago, Joe Kennedy. We haven't forgotten about this. Talking about Jordan Gill. Might have been when Jordan Gill was last fighting, actually. Anyway, let's uh, hit you with it now, Oz. Could you see Jordan Gill picking up a world title at some stage or is European level going to be his ceiling? I'm not sure he has the power to keep world-level opposition off him, says Joe Kennedy. Yeah, um, look, look, I speak about it quite a bit. If, you, if you've not got that pop you're going to struggle because even just having that dig can, you know, deter opponents. Um, look, we saw Gill fall drastically short against that Tinoco, um, you know, that, that tough Mexican guy. Bounced back with a, a couple of wins, one against some Nomark in Italy, and then he beat Reese Bellotti. 
pretty comfortably, but I don't think that's a great win. I, th- I think we've seen Balotti enough of him now. Um, look, it's not easy uh, at featherweight. Um, I certainly think he can get to European level. He's got the skills there. He's a decent enough boxer, and, and he will get better. Clearly lives the life, wants to learn. But I, I don't see him personally. I mean, can, can you imagine him in, in the likes of like Warrington, Navarrete, Gary Russell, I think Galahad, uh, you know, would wipe the floor with Gill, Kanzu, Stevenson. No, I, I think he's a long way off yet. Yeah. I, th- I think fights against like uh, someone like Ryan Walsh would be decent. Uh, Walsh, again, um, has operated around that. Should have done a lot better, really. Um, you know, like Jesse Magdaleno, Dogbo, um, other, other fighters like that. There's plenty of fights at that level, uh, but not for me. Hope I'm proved wrong. You, you know, naturally you want British lads to do well. He, he comes across pretty well, Gil, to be fair. He's not an idiot, um, not an arsehole. But I think at European level is where he'll get to. Could well get an opportunity because he's a, he's got a promoter with deals in America and uh, in the UK. So he could well get an opportunity, you know, look, stepping against, you know, potentially against Warrington or something like that if something falls through. But I don't see him winning a world title, no. Thumbs down from Aussie on Jordan Gill. I'd agree with pretty much all of that. Uh, interesting next week, Andy. Emmanuel Navarretti was mentioned there. Isaac Dogbo as well has been mentioned repeatedly for, as a possible future opponent as maybe a yardstick for Michael Conlon. Park that to one side here. Emmanuel Navarretti is going in the bubble on the 9th of October for the vacant WBO World Featherweight title. This must be now into, what, 10, 15 years? The the, feather, the WBO Featherweight title mm-hmm. has been held by a top-ranked fighter. Shakura Stevenson has dropped it after his win over Joet Gonzalez. It's been picked up by either Emmanuel Navarrete or Ruben Villa. I've seen a little bit of Villa. It can box, but he's not a big puncher. I'm going to go for it, Andy. I'm going for the upset here. I think Villa's going to give Navarrete a lot of problems, and I'm going to go for him to win this. What do you think? Nah, I think uh, Navarrete will win it. He's got a wee bit of height and uh, reach advantage on him as well. He's plus his wee bit of power, as you say. I don't think uh, that Villa's... Um, he was a good amateur as a junior. I don't know you know, much about him as a pro, to be honest with you. Um, I've seen that as well. As I mean, Navarrete's not really done much. You know, it's like, what he's done for me lately since the since the Dogbo wins and stuff. Uh, and they really put a beating on Dogbo in both fights and stuff. So um, I, I expect him probably to kind of do similar. Um yeah, I'll say I'm going to go Navarrete. I'm going to say there's a late round stoppage. Go for like a 10 or 11 round stoppage, I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to play this little clip. I believe it was the mighty O'Hara Davis. Andy, you've sent me a clip here of explaining yeah. things. Yeah, just explain it. Listen, I need a rest from boxing. I need a little break, even if it's a month off, just to enjoy life, get fat, be out of my friends. Because listen, I've been... I have sacrificed so much. I haven't gone to clubs. I haven't partied. I've been None eating. of us have, to be fair. <laughs> True. But, um, listen, I need a rest from boxing. I need a <laughs> what was that all about? All that listing off all those Burger Kings and all that type of stuff? I mean, once, fair enough. But they, they shouldn't have indulged in that second time, I don't, I don't think. No, I know. I know. I just you know, build that ego a wee bit. Let him talk shit and stuff. Let him breathe through his two noses. Yeah, it's going to be great to see him get a, take another L at some point. 
O'Hara taking L's. No L's for wrapping Rob Kelly. Another question flying in from you from Joe Kennedy, regular question asker that he is. What do you think about this one then, Rob? If we consider Canelo to be furloughed while the Oscar Golden Boy Promotions lawsuit is going on, is Jamel, Jamal Charlo sorry, the best £160 fighter in the world? I would probably still say Triple G myself. What do you think, Rob? I said that yeah. last week. Yeah, I go Golovkin. He's probably the best though. What's out there to give uh, make an interesting fight at 160, but are you going to see Canelo back at 160? Like I don't, I don't. Think I don't think so. No, I don't think. I think that ship has sailed. So maybe it's time for Charlo to, you know, lines. What are they lines only or lines? Only, I don't know. I can't keep up. But yeah, maybe it's time for middleweight Charlo to shine. Like. It's time for him to shine. Time for you to shine, Andy. You mentioned it last week, as you said. Joe's on the same page as you. But he, he asked a follow-up question, which I'm going to hit you with. He said, who would you like to see Charlo in with next? Triple G would be a great fight, but can't see it happening, to be honest. I know with zone and the pandemic and all this shit going on, but it just seems to me like Triple G's age is catching up on him and not even in the ring, but out of the ring. It's sliding away from him, Andy. He was so active when he first came on the scene on HBO, when he beat Proxy. It seemed like he was out every few months, and this isn't going to be helping him out of the ring. We need to see more Triple G, man. Yeah, we do. Um, he's not getting any younger, but is he 37 now? Um, got a lot yeah. of miles, lengthy amateur career in that as well. Um, it's a natural fight you, you want to see, actually. Um, you know, one and two in the division, or two and one, whatever way you want to, you want to spin it. But uh, Chris Mannix, he won that Andrade fight, baby. He won that Andrade fight on pay-per-view. He's yeah. about the only one, that dickhead. I'm putting him <laughs> up for belly of the week. I'm, I'm fed up with him. I don't know whether he's trolling or not. But I tell you what, all these American writers, Andy, sorry to hijack your answer, but these American writers are all in the pay of all these organisations. You've got Coppinger putting out numbers. You've got Manic spreading this, this bullshit Andrade line, which nobody wants yeah. to follow along. Steve Kim won't report on the PBC. Lance Pugmire gives them no credit beforehand, reports on them afterwards when it doesn't affect pay-per-view numbers. These American journalists need to step up their game. It's bullshit. Sorry, Andy. Over to you. No, it's fine, mate. I mean, they're obviously, as Ben says, you know, they're taking the taking the promoters' money. Um, they're trying to kind of like set the agenda, you know, just see how you know, just throw some shit out there, see what sticks. Um, end of the day, you know, look, Andrade's got a belt, right? So is Golovkin. So it's obviously it's a natural fight to get made and stuff. You know, if you want to see Charlo and that, but you have got the the situations with TV deals and all that sort of stuff. So we've no idea how this is potentially going to work. I've no idea if Charlo's are contractually free agents. Which whole time, I've no idea. As for names, um, you know, I've seen Manic shitting on, like, say, for example, Eubank and that. Um, I, well, I get it. Eubank's done nothing really to deserve that fight, and he really needs to be kind of rematching um, Korobov as well. You could throw kind of Islam in there. Liam Williams, I'd like to see him maybe get an opportunity. Um, he's got a British title. I think he's fighting for the British next week. Um, other than that, you know, with Canelo outside the division, I did mention last week that there is a debate that we had that Charlo is now number one in the division. Um, names for him to fight is very, very few and far between because it's simply you could have lost the WBC contenders. You've got Dennis Hogan, you know, it's Vicky Falcao, Toronto Johnson. You've got the pole. Um, in fact, you've got the two poles. One's a light punching one. Uh, the one that uh, the one that Glovkin was going to fight. Um, I don't know if he's still fighting them actually, to be honest with you. But yeah, there's nothing really for him uh, at middleweight outside the Golovkin and, and Andrade. Jaime Mangia would get absolutely, you know, he get he gets sent to ashes, man. I'm not kidding you. He's, he, he doesn't belong up at middleweight at this point. And I think the kid's really been burnt out with the title defences at 54. Um, and you could do Is he left. fighting, Andy? Isn't it? Is it Toriano Johnson? Am I getting that right? Is it Mangia no fighting? Idea, I think Mangia's yeah. fighting Toriano Johnson, you know. I need to check that. So other than that, mate, you've got 
Sergio Martinez, Toronto Johnson, you say Zarafa, Alfonso Blanco, who got iced off Nandama, I think it was in you know, 30 seconds and stuff. You've got that yeah, Dennis Rutherford for Germany. Kind of Islam, as I mentioned. You've got, you know, Vinny the Doorman, he's back doing it middleweight now. We're going to give him an opportunity. He's durable enough for about 10 rounds. You almost race. have forgot, man. Vinny's back. Yeah. Um, had that great fight against um, Jaime Sami, I think his name was. Um, <laughs> Didn't he get battered yeah. from Caleb Plant? Wasn't that Vinny? He did. He, did. he, got, he got stopped, did he? No? Yeah, he, he took a beating, fair play. Yeah, yeah, he did. So other than that, mate, you come down, down the list, you've got the Europeans, like Germans, you've got a couple of you know, Poles there, you've got a couple of Uzbeks and stuff. Um, yeah, no, a couple of also, also runs. So there's no really great options there for him. As I say, um, you know, Golovkin's a natural choice you want to see happen as a boxing fan. Um, Morata, we can fucking forget about that fight as well with ESPN and Big Al and stuff like that. So forget about that shit. Um, interestingly enough, actually, Danny Dignam. Remember he fought Danny? Was it Danny Matthews he fought a few years ago? I see he's ranked. Him. Aye. He beat Conor Cummings, didn't he? Aye. Aussie, no. I ain't seen that. He fought Danny Matthews, no. didn't he? No, did he? No, Dignam's only young. Who's who, who's the one that then? It must be another Dignam then. You're, you're on about Adam Dingsdale. Oh, that's who it was. Fuck I. Right. Sorry about that. That's my mistake. No problem. Uh, in the ring. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Andy. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say. I was just going to say. In the ring on Sky at the moment, Alan Bad. Alan Babich against Niall Kennedy. We'll be keeping an eye on that one. A few of the guys have asked if, we, if we're planning on continuing. Uh, while Boatsy's on, I'm hoping to finish up before Boatsy so everyone can just chill out and watch the Boatsy fight, to be honest. Bell of the Week's coming up soon. Uh, we'll be talking about Liam Williams, Andrew Robinson in a minute. I have a question for Rapping Rob Kelly. Seems to, uh, to have deserted us at the moment. Ozzy, I'll go to you then Saturday, uh, next Saturday evening, Queensby Promotions. No Jason McClory anymore. Errol Johnson, Steve Furness doing the matchmaking. Not much matchmaking needed for Liam Williams. He's closing in on a fight against uh, Bombom Andrade, uh, defending the British middleweight title against Andrew Robinson. Robinson's tough enough. I think he'll stick around. Williams will obviously beat him. Andrew Kaka uh, Anthony Kakachi, sorry, going against Leon Woodstock, British featherweight title. Expect Kakachi to win. Maybe stop Woodstock late, win on points nonetheless. James Metcalf against Jack Flatley, not a bad fight there. Um, Willie Hutchinson's stepping up against Jose Fandango. That could be interesting. And Nathan cool. Gorman against the man Frank Warren has options on Richard Larte. This isn't a bad card from Frank, actually. Well, ah, ah, just an opponents came in at late notice, so that's like 10 days' notice he's had for that fight. Yeah, if that's oh, this guy got um, this guy got knocked out off Sergio Martinez, who um, who Hutchinson's fighting. Last, oh, is that uh, is that the oh, comeback guy? That's a comeback guy. That's a comeback <laughs> guy. I was a yeah. race. I fucking knew I knew that name. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, Martinez a... smashed him up by the way, smashed him. Exactly. That was exactly. that was with bad knees. Look, so we know we know what Hutchinson's going to do. He's going to bash him up as well. Uh, this card's well, shit, isn't it, Aussie man? I knew it all along. Well, <laughs> well, to be fair, so I've been told Kakachi Woodstock's off because Kakachi has got health issues. More will come out about that, uh, but it's not a good sign for Kakachi. Uh, may never box again, um, which is not good. Uh, I feel for him. He's absolutely devastated. They're doing some more tests. Um, and apparently there's issues getting Richard Larty into the country, something to do with his medical or something like that. So the card could collapse in terms of you lose Kikachi, you lose the Gorman-Larty fight, which I actually think is quite fun. Uh, I think Larty could potentially beat Gorman. You know, depending on how gun Gorman could be a bit gun-shy after getting Yeah, that's a shame, that, because Larty will come and bring it, I think. Yeah, look, I don't know. That's not If he comes at all. <laughs> well, yeah, if he comes... But 
I think it's winnable that. Look, Larty was not deterred against uh, Dubois and landed some big shots. Um, it, it'll come to win and he won't give a toss about Gorman. I've seen some picks of Gorman. He looks huge. So I'm, I'm not sure um, whether that's going ahead. But no, from the top, Will, Williams will beat Robinson. I, d I don't mind it because, look, Williams is going to... He is... He's ready to fight um, Andrade, but he's not willing to sit there and wait and think, right, yeah, I'm just going to wait for my chance. He's going to fight Andrew Robinson. It keeps him active. He'll smash Robinson up. Won't have any problems whatsoever. Probably get rid of him in three or four rounds, to be honest. Uh, Metcalf flatly's a great fight. I think Metcalf will win, uh, but this is a good one for the uh, Commonwealth title. Then I'd like to see Metcalf fight Anthony Fowler. I think that'd be a good one. Or, or Scouse fight. Um, winnable for Metcalf as well, I think. Winnable can bang, hits hard. Um, and then what's the rest? Mark Chamberlain's one to watch against Sean Cooper. That's a good fight. McCann's on there as well. A um, couple of other you know, like young prospects. It's quite a big card, actually, uh, at the moment. Um, and look, if I'm wrong about Kakachi, which I am 99% sure I'm not, um, I agree, Steve. I think he'll beat Woodstock as well. Woodstock's as tough as they come, but mm. he is limited. And I rate Kakachi. I think he's decent. And now he's finally got a promoter behind him. It'll be a real shame if nothing materialises from it because yeah, for sure. look, yeah, I think he can get to European level without a doubt. Kakachi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's decent. He's tough, solid, can crack, uh, decent chin. Um, and has got skills as well. And like I said, Steve, it's probably the first time in his career from where somebody, you know, is backing him and giving him the opportunities. And if for what has happened outside of the ring medical-wise and has fallen through, it'll be a real shame to uh, to not see him box again. Guys, make an observation quickly, Steve. I noticed this card next week's got nine fights on it. So that's a, that's a quite an increase, actually, considering the, uh, the, the restrictions and stuff. So sh hopefully, hopefully, Frank isn't going to show those nine fights. Please don't show them all. This could be a 2 a.m. start if Richard Larty gets his way under. Fucking hell, man. I mean, the, the, look at this card. It's got the potential. I mean, don't know who McCann's fighting yet. but uh, yeah, He was going to fight a Portuguese kid, wasn't he? But I think he pulled out. Yeah, maybe it's uh, Williams. I think every fight there's going to go the distance. But it looks like Mark Hutchison, obviously. I kind of get out of that, by the way. He's fighting Sergio Martinez's leftovers. That's just, that's just fuck it. Come on. Talking Come of leftovers, on. Andy, isn't Sergio Martinez supposed to be fighting Conor Ben's leftovers? That Jesse Covulo, the Finnish guy, I think, next. Um, I'm not I think a friend of the pod, Take Ames, was revealing that information to me the other day, actually. Oh, he's kept... Aye, aye, I think that's right, the, the Finnish boy, the deal got reached and stuff. Something, yeah, something, yeah, yeah. December yeah. or something? December oh. in Spain? Yeah. Um, so after that, obviously, I think the fight after that is going to be Oscar. You know, I'm going to see Oscar back in the ring as well. And then, obviously, when, when he's back... Yeah, obviously, I mean, Julio Cesar Chavez looking for a opponent after that. That big early took a couple of weeks ago, so get the rematch made. Not. Happy Rob Kelly's jumped off. I had a question for him. I'll hold it. Um, just looking in the ring, and if you're watching this fight still, Andy, the absolute fucking state of this babbage. I mean, Jesus, I want Kennedy to beat him, man. He's just, he's just so raw, isn't he? Are you watching it? I've just switched it air, mate, so let's have a quick look. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like I, I said, Basel's working the body here, by the way. I, I think I think Babich will get beat. It'll, it'll win. It'll win. He'll win tonight. Mm. And I don't, I've said it before. I don't think Kennedy is the one to beat him, but I certainly think uh, Babich will get beat in as the opponent as the level step up in opponents. 
and I'm not talking, you know, about big step ups either. I'm talking like, uh, you know, someone like Dave Fabio Wall. I can never bring myself to back Dave Allen. <laughs> never bring myself to back. I backed Dave Allen for the first time in ages against David Price, and he was fucking rubbish. Um, but no, someone like Fabio Wardley. That'd be a good fight, of... actually, Ozzy, because I, I, yeah. I quite like the look of that Wardley fella, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so something like that. I think it'd be like a, like, a, a Wardley-type character um, that would beat him. Um, I'll tell you what would be a good fight. We're talking about him getting the man who has Frank with op- has got options on. <laughs> Alan Babbitt against Richard Larkey. Ames just said that, actually. That would be a good fight. It? Yeah, it'd be a good oh, one. Oh, he's down. He's down. Big Basil's down off the left hook. I must be behind. I've not seen, I've not got that far yet. Yeah, Basil's still doing well for me. What round are you in, like? Uh, round you two. Got, you got it on, uh, on Rewind just now or something? Like that. I must have, yeah. <laughs> I'm on Rob's stream. Remember that happened oh. with the Channel 5 card member and that? You're like, <laughs> yeah. my, 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 my card's like way behind you. What's going on here? It's like, ah, you're like, you paused it somewhere along the line. Mine must be way behind yours. I'm still on Babbage's last fight against Sean Dale, will not it, Winter? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a minute, I've got a minute yeah, and 80 yeah, seconds in round two. Yeah, I'm behind. I'm on Sky Go. I'm on my brother's login. He's going to have to up his game, my brother, and get a better frigging login here, cheap bastard. Right, let's move on. Oh, yeah, I see Niles down now. It's not looking good for him. Uh, it's looking good for us, episode 393. Rob has been with us. Smido's gone. We've had Kyle Williams on. Andy and Ozzy are still with me, Steve. Going to have to hurry up now, I think, into Bellew of the Weeks for 393. Going to get them on the... T- Are you going to Bellew of the Weeks for us this week, Andy, just before we get stuck into them? Yeah, I've got quite a few, mate. Eddie, obviously, catching the old Rona, you know, and giving him a blowjob. Uh, Bernardo Asuna and Tim Bradley, possibly. Um, one for Sky Sports Boxing and stuff, saying, like, for example, you know, tonight's card's the first card since, on, on a Sunday since Bellew you know, won one. the world title. On that. That oh, what a, yep. you know, leave him alone, for God's sake. Just leave him alone. And uh, obviously... Dominic Ingle, oh yes, anyway, got him as well. Oh yeah, yeah beauty. I've screenshotted quite a few, everybody. Episode three nine three for Bellew of the Weeks. Let's get stuck straight into them before this Joshua Bartzi fight. First nomination here, sent in by Tez for Kung Fu Kitty. Talking about Deontay Wilder. Wilder been rocked by Spilker, Washington Ortiz, and beaten by Tyson twice, and won his belt from a donkey. He will never be regarded as a true world champion, according to Kung Fu Kitty nine over on Twitter. Uh, this might interest you, Andy. Nomination from Martin Hurry for Devon Haney. The, I like the way they're calling Devon Haney the king. I don't quite know what he's the king as, but they're using boxing mathematics here. Haney told uh, BoxingScene.com, uh, Gamboa beat Salido, who beat Loma. He took Davis to the 12th round. So <laughs> it's like dominoes theory. here for Devon. Uh, triangle theories here, surely. Um, yeah, I mean, who cares, man? End of the day. You know, just, uh, Haney just needs to get up and just get a fight going, really. But he's fine. <laughs> He's fighting Gamboa. The Gamboa who, you know, took fat boy Davis, you know, quite a fair distance and stuff. We had mangled Achilles tendon and stuff. Needed surgery after the fight. Now he's getting recycled uh, to fight Devin Haney. Oh, like, wake me up when Haney's going to have a real opponent and stuff. You know, I guess a Gamboa will be okay for a bit, but he's fucking shot, man. Coming off surgery as well. This reminds me of the time when Eddie actually took Jason Gavin off a table for... Was it Joshua? Was it Joshua? Oh, was it? oh yeah, yeah, Joshua, yes, yes. It was for Joshua. It literally came off the fucking operating table two days previously to the fight. And wait, give me Eddie's head. Oh, I brought banner. All right, okay, Eddie. Bring his banner. That's Basil doing again, by the way. 
Okay. Yeah, I, def- I definitely think Hayne is reaching there. Gamboa beat Salido, who beat Loma. He took Davis to the 12th. Uh, next one from Smido, nomination for Boris Johnson, who That's used it. the phrase throw in the sponge at Wednesday's COVID press conference. Bell you the week for Basel. Is it, is it all over here, Andy Lloyd? Uh, exclusive? Ian John Lewis stepped in there, like the true professional referee that he is, very competent referee that he is, and uh, yeah. seen mercy. Mercy for so Basel. Ba- uh, June, Babbage is... Babich is going to be savage now. He's going to be chasing all the belts coming from all that smoke, baby. Fight with Hergovic, who knows? Uh, yes, anyway, Smido nominating Boris Johnson there. Uh, boxing scene, Eddie Hearn could see Anthony Joshua versus Gilles Zhang as major event down the line. I think it was Sam Dorsey who nominated that one. The thing is with Joshua, he's almost become not irrelevant because he's a major player in the heavyweight division, but we haven't seen him for a year. And I'm thinking to myself, if he was fighting three or four times a year, Andy, I wouldn't mind the Zhang fight. But the fact he fights yeah. once, maybe twice, it's just a, an absolute waste of everybody's time. Yeah, I mean, he's not like Klitschko. I mean, Klitschko used to have like three, four defences a year when he was probably at his yes, prime. Yes, exactly. You say Josh was at his prime at this point and that, but again, it's probably doing the money in tax at the end of the day and that as well. Do you really want to be earning like, you know, and put it this way, like Klitschko earned m- millions. So does Joshua and that, but obviously they want to maximise the, the revenue and that. And then again, Klitschko managed and promoted himself. Joshua doesn't. So this is this is our thing as well. So he's going to try it in tandem with Eddie and that as well, you know. But no, it's just it is unfortunate. Obviously the situation as it is and at the minute it's no helping in that. But yeah, even even before that, it was only twice a year. When he became champion, it was twice a year and stuff. But um yeah, it'd be, it'd be great just to see like, okay, I'm gonna defend once in England, I'm gonna go to Africa or whatever, and defend there in my homeland and go to Nigeria or whatever and have a big fight in China and that, for example. But yeah. be active with it, be active. Be That's active. fine, get on with it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, we have no problem in fighting like, like the Chinese fella if he fought Fury after or before it, and then maybe he fights another tune up fight and then goes and fights Wilder, for example, or, or whoever, and that, or maybe Povetkin, or maybe White Rematch, and that, yeah, type of thing, you know. No problem with that, but he's not active enough, so people get shit or he gets shot on for having potentially this, this fight. And Barry Hearn mentioned this Chinese fight about four, five, six years ago, possibly. He did, so he did. Uh, I remember that very, very, very well, mm-hmm. and um. Oh, but I think it will harm. It's going to harm. It is going to happen because there's just too much money sat on the table. Can you imagine a world heavyweight title fight in China? I don't think it's even happened before earlier, actually. So, massive event. Massive. Um, next one, George Nada alerted me and you, Andy, to the Iron Shake, who I actually thought was dead, but he seems to be uh, alive and kicking. Without me, there would be no Hulk Mania. Without me, Jabroni wouldn't be in the dictionary. Without Dan Raphael, there would be a lot more Sprite in the world. That the proof he did one good thing in his Jabroni life, keeping that garbage from the rest of us. What's his beef with Dan? I have no idea, mate. He's obviously back on the fucking crystal meth again or something like that, because he put out another tweet the day after that. I see somebody added his internet in that. But I think there's, there's actually a documentary on... I don't know if it's on Prime or Netflix and that. He actually, you know, it covers his, his life and that. Man's fucked with the drugs, like he's up to his eyes with cocaine and all that sort of stuff, painkillers. Um, he just, he's a, just an addict, really. That's all he is. It's a shame because he was an absolute, you know, judging that documentary and that, he was a fantastic athlete, world-class wrestler. Um, basically changed the game a wee bit as well when he came here. He was happy to play the the bad man card as yes, well, you know. So that's right. He was, he was really good at his, at his game and that. Like, he just... I think well, I don't know how he how he fell out with Vince again. Actually, I think they go in and getting pissed or something like that, uh, somewhere. They ended up getting sacked or something. Same. Yep, the shake. The Jabroni life. <laughs> Jabroni life. Rapping Rob Kelly's back with us. Welcome to you. Here we are. 
Chris Mannix, I don't know the Charlo pay-per-view numbers, but I don't care. We can all agree Charlo Andre does over well over a million buyers' rise. I don't know if he's trolling or not, but stop trying to talk Demetrius Andre up. He's shit. He's never beaten anybody. He ducked every major op- opportunity that has been put his way. His best wins, Vanis Martirossian. I think he should finish. I think he should retire, Andrade. Stop talking about him, Chris Mannix. Well said, Naz. He also vacated belts, and he also knocked back the Charlo bid. So there's there's another two. So I didn't want to hear him on. He needs to fight fucking Charlo next. He had the option. He had a, he had a contract sent to him and he didn't, he didn't sign it. He ended up going to court over his managers and stuff like that. He's ducked fights. He's vacated world titles after Brian Rose fight. Brian Rose, man. Come on. You know, what is, he's, a, he's a myth. As I said on Twitter the other day, he's like, he reminds me of Sloth Mitchell. This great <laughs> fucking black hope coming to you know, get the titles, like, coming for the smoke. And he, fight, he fights nobody. What's the distance with Jack fucking Kokai, for example? Kokai's a decent European level fighter, but that, that's I think it was a split decision they wanted to, eh? But that is the level he's competing at. Yeah, Luke Keel, was it Luke Keeler he fought in his last fight? Mm-hmm. Same level, European level type fighter. Oh, to Akavov looked like shit, didn't he? Fought yeah. Seleke, probably one of his best wins at middleweight. Probably could have beat Saunders if he's maybe, you know, put a wee bit extra gas on it and that Court as well. Court and you know? I was there yeah. that night. He battered him and then just took his foot off the gas. I wish he would piss off out of boxing. I'm fed up with him. I know. It's just, he's an irrelevance. The only keep him relevant is that belt and guys like Manic staying Eddie's bidding. Which is, yeah. which is sad to see because then look, you can, you can, Eddie's like, oh, well, you know, Showtime putting that channel card on, it's like polishing a turd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're polishing a turd, but we're sweeping some fucking shite off the fucking floor a day after that. Look man. at that tonight. Diarrhea milkshake he's serving oh, up. Oh, diarrhea milkshake. No wonder he's hiding at home. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Trading leather boxing. Dilly White, White in, the, in the studio. Heavyweight, world heavyweight contender. Oh, world heavyweight contender, Dillian himself. Rematch with Povetkin coming up at the end of the year. Anyway, uh, Trade Another Boxing has nominated Elton Joe, nine. Uh, hi, Josh. He says to Josh Taylor, will you be giving O'Hara Davis a rematch and a shot at your titles if he wins tonight? Or will you avoid him? Now he's teamed up and trained by Kevin Mitchell. I think that ship has sailed, to be honest. What about this then, Rob? The, ma- the, the big man still adjusting to fame, Adrian Broner. Look on the screen right now. Static. Premier on world star hip hop, Rob. What do you reckon, AB? Uh, dusting off the microphone. Some That's people really like that. I've actually heard that static, and I tell you what, it would have sounded better if it was actual fucking static. <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> think, about, think about how bad AB sounds, and now imagine it auto tuned. Fucking shocking, man. Absolutely shocking. <laughs> better chance of getting 100 million from the fights anyway, and we already know he has fucking no chance of that. So uh, no, leave rapping alone, AB. Stick to the ring, baby. Get out the ring, says Rapping Rob Kelly. Uh, Eggy Phil, yeah, late entrance for Belly of the Week. Throw it in by all means if you want to. Uh, Joe Gallagher on Pro Boxing Fans. I want to rematch <laughs> on the grounds of the judging being terrible. So uh, did, he must be trolling. The judging's terrible. Uh, the right man got the win. Balotnik's against Burton. He's not calling for the judge, you know, the, the judging right, to be. I... Yeah, in the rider, the uh, Callum Smith fight. No, he's just a. He's just obviously doing his bit for his, for his man and stuff like that, but it was just too easy far too easy to kind of call him out on that because it's hypocritical remember, as well. remember what he said after Ryder Smith by the way he said that'll be chip paper tomorrow so uh, yeah that was yeah. chip paper Joe, Joe G yeah in with the scallops Joe 
value of the week nomination for you. Here's another one who needs to piss off out of boxing, Bean. We can't have them all, says Bean, when he was asked about why he's not showing Loma Lopez and Davis Santa Cruz. Adam Smith explains why Sky Sports have not secured the UK broadcasting rights for upcoming US bouts. These are the biggest bouts in boxing. Lomachenko against Lopez and Davis Santa Cruz. You know, back in the day, they were showing De La Hoya, Mayweather, Roy Jones, everything. Sky Sports is there for boxing. Boxing fans are paying a subscription to watch boxing Bean. So why don't you piss away off with your, when you know, we can't secure everything. Just secure the best fights instead of putting this shit on every night. Niall Kennedy against Alan Bar. And John Harden and all these other guys, man. I'm, I'm, I'm raging tonight, Andy. Being being starting to annoy me now. I know. At the end of the day, because it says Loma Lopez is what, two weeks, two weeks time on that, and I'm seriously considering staying up for it. But I'll need to pay for it. I'll need to go and get a stream somewhere and sit and watch it because fucking Bean can't get his fucking schedule fixed up because they're cutting back when they cut the boxing budget. Um, you know, he's passed up Santa Cruz Davis and that as well. You know, unless unless it's unless it's matchroom fighters. They ain't interested. They ain't interested in any other fucking thing. Um, the deal's up, I believe, for renewal was it, late this year, early next year and stuff. The suggestions that they might even renew it. I mean, Eddie might want to go alone with the zone, try and get that shit pumping. Or maybe MTK might take over Sky and that. Who fucking knows, man? But seriously, I mean, Eddie needs to up his game. Even if... Um, we, yeah, just needs to fucking get it sorted out a wee bit, man. It's just... This shit tonight isn't good enough. And this, this, this pish for Boatsy who obviously I'm going to sit and watch and stuff because I like the guy, but it's just, it's not good enough. Not good enough. Uh, again, look, even for Wally Hutchinson next week, this is Frank Warren card. That guy he's fighting next week is fucking trash, man. Should not be anywhere near. And I'll tell you what, see if he ends up on the fucking TV segment of that, uh, that BT broadcast and that. Again, that's part of the problem. There's just too many shit fighters getting airtime and these, these fights should be but these fights should be happening later in the show like like Danny Young has, uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago get the main events on early doors then somebody need to sit through all this shit for the best part of three four hours I mean there was I was listening to Kenny and uh, Kenny and Keith Kenny Keith sorry and Vince Cummins on uh, the boxing run that that pay-per-view in America last week was going for seven fucking hours seven hours it's an Eddie Hearn special uh, do you know what? Do you know why that was so long, Andy? And they had that big intermission that they were moaning about. Apparently, oh, it's because that? it was so long, they were having to give the cameramen and and all them a rest. You know, because it was, they were going to have to be working for so long. All oh, right, so I needed some sustenance and about washed in for COVID and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eggy Phil's nominated Benson. I've had to unblock Benson to have a look at this one. I shall be re uh, reblocking him as soon as possible. Alan Babich is basically just a human wrecking ball. Says Benson. He's tweeted that out. Eggy Phil, let's uh, block Benson back up again, shall we? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fed up with Sky and, and a beat, Frank's putting on some shit too, man. Bean's annoying me going on, oh, we can't show everything. Loma Lopez and Davis Santa Cruz, some of the biggest fights in boxing right now. So you, Bean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Bean, I think. Anyway, uh, Sky Sports Boxing again. Last time we showed boxing on a Sunday, Tony Bell, you became world champion on a Sunday evening <laughs> in 2016. Will Chantel Cam? Oh, yeah, what about Chantel Cam and a she box tonight? Yet. No, no, yet, mate. I think she's chief support. She's going next, I think. It's going to go on all night, isn't it, this? Anyway, um, our friend, official Dermo, Tim, jumped in here, Andy. He said, don't let the facts get in the way of showing Tony, leave me alone, Bell, you on the timeline again. <laughs> Apparently, there was a show involving Lewis Ritson on a Sunday night yeah. back in 2017. 2018. It's, it's, hilarious. it's hilarious, by the way, the way he's like saying that this is some revolutionary idea, like showing the boxing after the football. Like the fucking Yanks haven't been doing that with the NFL um, <laughs> to everybody's surprise for the last fucking two yeah, years. Yeah, the leading off PBC, exactly. Uh, so they're, you know, as much as they trash PBC, he's uh, jacking one of his ideas there, isn't he? But that's his idea, so evening, Ed. Evening, Eddie. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find that card actually. But who actually he fought in my second team? Was it Paul Highland Jr.? I think he fought on the Sunday. What was it? Card was that was that a Sunday? I think that might Cardinal. have been a Saturday. Jordan Gill was on it according to this, I think, was it? Natasha Jonas, Hosea Burton. It was Joe Murray. Joe Murray. Right. Joe Murray. It was, uh, Jordan Gill beat Jason Cunningham. Hosea Burton beat some Croatian dude. Fitzy beat uh, uh, Ismail Tete. So I, it was a uh, Sunday evening. That was 2018. So even Ed, even Ed listening at home with his Corona, getting a good PR boost. Talking of PR boost, Steffi Ball's getting stuck in. Porky's nominated him. Gassed for tonight's live boxing. Think Sunday is a great idea. Following the football, be interesting how many extra views it receives. I can see this working and lots more Sundays moving forward. Like the next gen shows. Fucking hell, I don't want them back again. Don't think stadiums would fill on a Sunday though. Hashtag boxing. Off to Rimville Island for Steffi alongside Dominic Ingle. Get get well soon, Eddie Hearn. I don't think coronavirus will slow him down much because he's fast car Eddie. I tell you what, these lot are going to be lining up with their tongues out, man. Oh. Eddie's going to have the trousers down quick enough. These boys, they're, they're going to have to wind themselves in a bit. Well, I actually asked Eddie in that if he had enough bog roll and that, uh, but then obviously Dominic can lick his ass clean for him and that, uh, I suppose. But uh, she, uh, what a shameless plug that is. And I'm saying to myself, and that's a sweet say that as well, says, can you imagine if poor Eddie takes a turn for the worst here? That that, that, that tweet's getting fucking deleted, isn't it? Because... Yeah, the song is going to be a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's going to have to fake his own death like that fellow who went off in the canoe, do you remember him? John, oh, John Darwin. John Darwin. In <laughs> <laughs> Panama or something Eddie, like that. like Costa Rica, I think. <laughs> so... <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, Ed, you're not going to get camping out in plugs. the garden. <laughs> you're not going to for hair plugs. You're going to for like a fucking face tuck and that as well. You know, <laughs> looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca. Oh dear. Where's Rob? We've lost him again. Uh, that, that's all the ones I've got. By the way, oh, he comes back again. Uh, any from you, Andy? Any nominations that I haven't already covered? Yeah, Bernardo Asuna was trying to call that knockout last night and that. I mean, only dogs can understand what he was trying to say and that. He was out of breath. Hey, you know, couldn't, hear a, couldn't hear a fucking word they said. But then he says, Oh, yeah, what a knockout! What a knockout! The leg is absolute. Oh, he's not moving. He's not moving. Oh, we better be respectful here and that. So he went to like, the highest to highest to like, Oh, shit, we better, we better just tape it in a wee bit here. Um, Sergei Kovalev got a three-year suspended sentence for uh, knocking out that woman. Uh, so I Sergey knows how to get off and that may probably paid her off in that as well, you know. Oh, has that uh, been resolved, Andy? I didn't see I I got three years probation, mate. It was TMZ, it was uh, notifying us about that ah, one. He's a lucky uh, boy, you know. It says here criminal case stemmed into a alleged violent incident with a woman in twenty eighteen and a dog. Mm. <laughs> Boxing star will now have to spend the next three years on probation. Um, after the alleged victim claimed she had turned down his sexual advances, he imagine them by you turned on the Sergey, you turned on Kiki Kovalev. I fuck you up, bitch. He's a mad bastard, isn't he? That's oh, his boy. biggest win in a few years now. I didn't realise he'd got off. But can you imagine all the victim signals were out in that because you know what happened to VG Raw Davis and that for slapping his ba- baby mama about and that you know Kovalev's getting the pass because he's a white man, you know. So Shakur uh, Stevenson as well. Sure, he was up to no good. I don't know if I can um, come in on the tail end of it. Are you, did you, are you covering the Floyd thing, yeah? No, Kovalev. Right, well... Why, like, Floyd, 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 Floyd as well. Floyd, that one, like. Floyd, Floyd up for it as well. He was racist towards Pacquiao. They start that. He said that, uh, yeah, he said that, uh, that, that proof proof of racism in America is thinking that Lomachenko is better than Terence Crawford. Now, personally, 
not a whole lot between Chris Crawford and Lamachenko for me. But in terms of like actual natural ability, it's I think in the, tar- the current time extremely irresponsible of Floyd, and just stupid of him. Like he's he's a smart businessman in a lot of ways, but he take his pink shit in others, and this is one of the ways he's he's stupid. Like why is he trying to turn a whole demographic against Lamachenko just because certain people think he's better than Terence Crawford? Like most boxing fans would say, it's kind of a three-way tie between Canelo. Lomachenko and Crawford, who's pound for pound number one, is one of yes. them three. Like everybody that has eyes that watches the sports holds those three in high regard. So why the fuck is he saying that it's racist if you think Lomachenko is better than Crawford? It's just disappointing for Floyd, man. Like he hasn't fought in fucking how long? He's back out talking about he's going to fight McGregor now because McGregor's saying he's fighting Pacquiao. Just always involved in the circus and like his attempt to build Javante Davis up. Focus on what the Davis is doing, man. Davis has done fuck all since he's been put in the spotlight. Apart from knocking out Pedraza, he's done nothing but get fat and beat up his baby mom in front of the fucking public eye. So Davis has to do it in the ring. Lomachenko's already done it in the ring. So, you know, th- that's what he's getting. He's detracted from Lomachenko all the time because people people say that Lomachenko would dance around Javante Davis and he hates it. Like, So that's where he's getting at with them. Just petty Floyd as usual. Like, bad, bad timing and just bad leave a bad taste in your mouth here and that kind of shit out of one of the greatest fights. Like, you think you think with all the money he's made and stuff like that, he wouldn't be going on like that. It's absolutely fucking... Just, it's just pathetic, man. He just can't stay out of the fucking public eye and just to be coming out with shit like that, like, it's just... Bad. Bad form. No, I agree. He'll do anything to stay in the news. Stop it! Stop, stop, stop the fake news! Stop! Uh, any other nominations from you, Andy? None for me, mate, but um, I've got to vote for a... I've got to vote for Dominic Engel. Just, that's just shameless fucking plugging that, man. I'm honestly going to say, the first thing that came out of my head, that maybe my bad mind, but can you imagine if takes a turn for the worst? Ends up in the ICU and that, and fucking Dominic Engel's trying to kind of fucking splodge his, his single and that. Fucking hell, desperate stuff. So in 10 days' time, Touchwood, the zone have the entire roster of middleweight world champions. So people like Charlo... You ain't, you've no fights for you. If you want to be a world middleweight champion, you better join the zone ASAP. Woo! That's what Eddie's working on back at home. Yeah, he's got plenty of time to himself, I suppose, sitting in his <laughs> mother's basement, one confusedly to his laptop and that. You know, on his Transformers locked, duvet. Uh, locked, locked in his room in that kind of group because he's isolating, you know. I listened to podcasts. But Nobody I'll tell you, one thing... podcasts back in the day, they all knew now. No, I did, they knew. But I tell you, he missed a trick with the book, though. He could have left, he could have left the book to he caught COVID and he could have put it in the book. Next, extra chapter for him there, you see. Okie dokie. So you're going for Dominic Ingle, is that right, Andy? Yes. But who are you going for, Rob? I'm going for Bean. Bean's annoyed me this week with that bullshit about not showing Davis. That's hit me hard, that has. Who are you going for, Rob? Can you hear me okay, Rob? I think Rob can't hear me. Can you still hear me, Andy? I can hear you fine, mate. I seem to have lost rapping Rob Kelly. I had a question for him as well, just as we were about to close out. And he's gone. I can't hear Steve, only Andy. Oh, Rob's jumping off. Let's hope he'll jump back on again. What, at what stage are we at with the uh, fight then? Uh, Chantel Cameron's just coming out now, Andy. Overall impressions of the night. Uh, Babich got a win. Uh, Linus Adofia got a win. Hedges got a win. Akib Fiaz and now on to Chantel Cameron. Have you enjoyed it? Oh mate, I'm I'm breathless with anticipation for this fight coming up here. Yeah, can't wait. Um, yeah, going to break out a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label. That's why I'm excited. I'm about it. You know. Just finishing up belly of the week, episode three nine three. Rob, I have gone for Bean. 
And Andy has gone for Dominic Ingo. Who are you going for? Yeah. There's a lot. They didn't, I didn't like the digital. Sorry, I don't want to fucking detract. Uh, I don't even know the one I was looking for. I don't want to bring it bring it back. Did you mention Dillian White's um, attack on LCS? Or no? no, go ahead, actually. I forgot about that. I thought that was unwarranted. Yeah, Dillian White popped up on one of LCS's uh, Instagram posts and called him a wanker. And then uh, Al responded to him and he said, uh, oh, don't worry, I'll be seeing you soon running into you. So a veil trick from Dillian White to LCS there. Um, apparently Dillian White doesn't think that LCSD is entitled to the opinion that the fella that just fucking flatlined him and had him getting scraped off the canvas by the paramedics after 40 seconds um, has a chance of beating him in the rematch so he's taking umbrage with, with LCSD saying that he thinks Pavekin is going to win the second fight how dare he what's giving him that idea I wonder um, but Dillian White like fucking hell man like, you know you root for the guy in times and you want to see him do well and you acknowledge the fact that he's had pay-per-views where he won the European title, but who the fuck does he think he is? Like, we know. We, you know what I mean? Boxing people know. RCS knows. We know, man. You wouldn't be up on Sky pay-per-view if you weren't throwing over tables and doing good numbers on Sky and IFL. That's how. That's what made your career, not what you did in the ring. Not, you're not, not, at, not at the top level, certainly. You cannot say that out of the heavyweights, out of the fellas that everyone else has fought that Dillian White has faced the best opposition in the heavyweight division. Nowhere near it. He's a B-level fighter. And to hear him then taking it so personally and going after a, a guy like Alcides for having an opinion. For having a fucking opinion. Like, perfect, you fucking flatlined him. What does he think? Does he think everyone's just going to think, oh, that was just a bad day in the office and uh, he's searched for the rematch? Like, it don't work like that. So, uh, yeah, bad form from Dillian White there. Yeah, I agree it was. So, uh, we've got a three-way tie uh, just before, a uh, shout-out to... I can't remember who it was off the top of my head now, Andy, but the guy who... Let me have a look uh, on my timeline. It was James O'Connor who tweeted me this morning saying, pleased to see Baranchik up at eight. Even Ed. Even Ed. Up at eight. Oh, okay, hell. <laughs> oh, that was a better one, actually. Aye. A little veil thread, uh, a little veil dig at Eddie there. Kaiser Cobus sent me one in as well, live on air. I'll read it out now. Uh, underneath the Marvin Hagler, John Mugabe round six brutal round video on YouTube, Jeffrey Peterson spilt out his heart. He said, I watched this fight on pay-per-view, and a few days later, I pulled up to Pub 67, the local pub in my town, looked through the window, and the fight was on the TV. I thought to myself, I wouldn't have paid if it was going to be on televised a few days after the fight. I entered the bar and sat down to watch. I hear someone narrating the fight and turn out to be the champ, still with a swollen face, giving the blow-by-blow account. He had bought in the VHS tape for his friends to see. I'll never forget that night, says Jeffrey Peterson. Then the real Marvin Hagler jumped in below and said, it wasn't me, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. So Kaiser Cobra says, late belly of the week for the dude who spent 30 years with a great memory, only for the real Marvin Hagler to tell him <laughs> that it wasn't him. Pure fucker. Poor Jeffrey Peterson. Right, a final question for you, Rob, before we get out of here for the evening. It was sent in by Kaiser Cobra as well, actually, who just threw in that late belly of the week. Question for Rob on Sunday's pod. John Ryder versus Billy Joe Saunders rematch at 168. Who are you picking to win, Rob? Well, I'll tell you what, Saunders is on great form at the moment. He's really turned his career around since he hooked up with Eddie and Matchroom. He's got all those millions of fans from the Logan Paul card. It's got to be Saunders, hasn't it? How is he back right now? Is he back? Is it here? He's back with Tibbs. Uh, he was back with Tibbs last week. This week could be different, Rob. 
Jacker, he's been with Tibbs, he's been with Dominic, he's been with Ben Davison. Who the fuck is he now, really? He's only, See, the he's only shot his own in the fucking Boy Scouts. He's actually been everywhere. Like, I don't know. Um, I've, I, I root for Ryder. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough fight. Like, Billy Joe's on his game. He is a very good fighter. The problem is with Billy Joe, like I said a couple of years ago, we're more, we know more now for the shit that he does outside the ring than what he actually does in it. Like, through whether it's fault of his own, whether it's promotional issues. When was the last time it was a good Billy Joe Saunders performance? For me, it's a new. That's a fucking few years ago now, like, isn't it? So, Ryder's been in the ascendancy. Um, I think it'll be a very close fight, but a tough ask, I think, for Ryder. I think Billy Joe switched on, he'd probably outpoint him, but I'd be, I'd be certainly rooting for Ryder. I agree. Any thoughts from you, Andy? No, I was just going to say, I mean, he's been through three trainers and still hasn't he fucking fought anybody. <laughs> just think about that for a minute. <laughs> I hope he's not paying him a percentage. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that matter. Fucking hell. Just fight somebody, anybody. Get Ben Davison back in the corner. Uh, yeah, update Andy on Sky before we go We go out for the evening. Yeah, the long just... running finish here. Look at the state of this Chantal Cameron opponent. Oh, I know, <laughs> mate. She's got more ta- tattoos than that Argentinian heavyweight. That we call <laughs> Now, you know what I'm talking about, eh? Oh, is it Basile or something? Aye, aye. Oh, he's, he's like one of these spectacular tattoo fuckwits that you see. Oh, my Basile. Yeah, aye. Yeah. <laughs> Down a street corner with a fucking pit bull and that when he's leading that, you know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, just they're getting their introductions just now and that. So, um, yeah. Wait, I think she'll win by knockout, I think. Yeah, I would imagine so. Good luck to Shanti. Babbage played over, yeah? Yeah. I know. Uh, Babbage stopped him in the third round, Rob. Wonder Savage Cabbage. Savage Cabbage out of here. Babich, let's finish up for episode 393. Thanks to everybody who's been on. Uh, we shall talk about Bratzi next week or not. Who knows? Maybe during the week. Andy Patterson has been with us, rapping Rob Kelly. Uh, thanks to Smido. Ozzy uh, joined us as well. Thanks to Kyle Williams. Don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. If you enjoy what we're doing, throw a bit of love back our way. No sponsors, no ads on here. It's value for value. If you like us, Give us a little reward. Give us a thumbs up or a share. Thumbs down if you think we're shit. We'll catch you all again for episode 394. Same time, same place next week. I've been Steve Wellings and bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.